everyone, this is Tim Pichot with the Liberty Advisor, and today we've got a very special episode for you. So last night I was invited into, uh, I guess we would call like a truth uh, community uh, media panel where we we're trying to figure out the next steps for life after YouTube, life after Facebook. And now luckily, you know, a lot of these bigger guys are now are finally getting it and realizing that, you know, that YouTube is not the answer. So big shout out to Sam Tripoli who invited me into this. But yeah, I mean, there's some huge names in there like Ben Swan, uh, James Corbett, uh, Josh Sigerson, Luke Radowski, uh, Sam Tripoli. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Just about, you know, probably 25 stunners at one point or another throughout the uh, evening who were on the, the panel. I didn't say too much. I only spoke for, you know, probably, you know, all told, maybe four or five minutes in there. I wanted to listen. And uh, I did invite Ernie in there, Ernest Hancock, to talk about IPFS because I think that, you know, that or something like that, you know, ultimately is the answer, ultimately is something that we should be striving for. But uh, anyways, hope you guys like this. It's a little bit different show than what we usually do. And uh, yeah, let us know. But yeah, ultimately we have to come together on something. It's very important to, you know, join other people's email lists, join other people's, uh, you know, text lists, uh, you know, alternative media platforms, whether it's, you know, BitChute, Library, Float, so many different options because, you know, your favorite people are not going to be, you know, showing up in your feeds anymore because, uh, you know, that's just the state of affairs that we're in. But anyways, hope you guys enjoy. Uh, take care and catch you guys later. Bye. I'm going to roll into the live area. We good, Mike? We are good, Ricky. Go ahead. Awesome. We're live, and of course, Ben leaves. <laughs> but hey, thanks everybody for being with me. I really, really appreciate it. This was just the idea a couple weeks ago, and it's amazing how this blew up. And now we have a all-star team of alternative media. I think this is a topic that affects us all. For listeners who aren't aware of why we all came together, it's this idea of fighting back against censorship. Obviously, they've come together to fight against us. We all find our work super important and we want to get this out to as many people as possible. And that's becoming more and more difficult. So during a swap cast, not too long ago, Charlie, Mike, and Sam and I all had this idea of getting the whole alternative media community together to fight back. And I believe in strength in numbers. I believe in the wisdom of crowds. I think that if we all come together, we can find actual ways of fighting back. We've all talked about censorship for a long time. We've talked about the issues of it. We all might have different opinions on how to fight back, but that's what we're going to discuss today. And I think that as a community, if we just focus on that topic, the idea that we all should have the right to spread our information, people should be able to explore ideas, any perspective they want, and go from there and let them to decide. And the scary part is right now, people are deciding for us what is truth, what can be heard, what can't be heard. So this is the idea of this podcast. Bring the community together. Let's talk about how do we fight back all the different ways of doing that, uh, different alternatives for alternative media. So first of all, I just want to say thank you because this is never been done before. 
This is a historic night for alternative media and podcasts. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Okay. Thanks, for, uh, <laughs> thanks for having us, dude. Thanks I for love this. Yeah, I was on mute. Uh, I just wanted to say that I, everybody on here are. It's just amazing how many monsters there are in this chat. So many great researchers. So many great podcasters. And you know, I I, I watch your twitters. We all get. We're either getting shadow banned, deleted, demonetized, and it just sucks. And, you know, I have relationships with a lot of you guys here, and a lot of you guys have some really amazing websites you want to do on your own, and I think that should happen. Just like, you know, David Icke, just like, you know, um, Alex Jones. But we need to find somewhere or come up with an idea where all of us can go, that we can all bring our fans and just be able to do what we want to do. Because if we each have a separate place, it just becomes, it's hard to round everything. You know, YouTube was great for that. I think we need to just have a discussion about maybe is there a place we can all go? Everybody loves BitChute. It's doing better. I have a hard time uploading my videos there. Uh, I just want to say that I think we should all go to MySpace. I know it sounds <laughs> crazy. It's worth $4 million. We could all try to make it happen. And I think the reason I like MySpace is because it's slick. Wherever we go has to be slick because that's what attracts people. The shinier, the better. And I'm interested in hearing what everybody has to say. And thank you guys so much for doing this. I'm just going to sit back and watch. And uh, I'm big fans of everybody. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you all. Yeah. And as people share their opinions and ideas, uh, introduce yourself. Uh, obviously, I'm Ricky from the Ripple Effect podcast. That's Sam from Tinfoil Hat podcast. We have Mike on the taking care of the production, him, Gretchen and, and Joe uh, from the OBDM podcast. And then we have uh, Charlie Robinson, that, which has probably been on everybody's podcast <laughs> on this call. But uh, but yeah, thank you so much. Like Sam said, I think that's the idea, the idea that let's find a way where we can fight back, share our stuff. I mean, uh, MySpace, why not? I mean, I guess we're, we're a platform is a option we can discuss tonight. Something like having a website where you can get unfiltered, uncensored alternative media. I mean, obviously Google, iTunes, all the stuff there, they've been, de censorship has been ruining all our algorithms and, and traffic or whatnot. So how do we, what do we do something? What do we do about that? Obviously we, we've all been discussing that. And I mean, I've heard complaints and complaints and I've been complaining myself, but let's finally do something about it and talk about it and come together as a community. Cause the most important thing is just like Brian Rose said with that David Icke interview, he, he doesn't have to agree with, with what he's saying to agree that he should have the right to say it. And, and that's, I think the most important thing. So uh, anybody want to start off uh, with just kind of, Charlie, go ahead. I'll jump in just um, since we were going to introduce ourselves, the four of us. I'm Charlie Robinson. I'm uh, the author of The Octopus of Global Control and the host of Macroaggressions podcast. And the things that we were talking about, it's not just getting kicked off of social media and shadow banned and these sorts of things. We've all had experiences with that, but it goes further. We have issues with payment processors kicking people off. We have uh, hosting sites like WordPress and Vimeo. Uh, telling people to leave. GoFundMe is kicking people off. We have, a, we have a problem with multiple levels here. And so hopefully tonight what we can do is we can come together, share some good ideas, because if this doesn't work, if we don't figure out something, the backup plan 
is that we're all going to have to come back and do this and figure out a choreographed dance routine. And then that might show them that we mean business. And I certainly don't want to have to do that. So let's get our uh, asses in gear and figure this shit out. All right. Mike, do you want to jump in? Yeah. Hi, my name is Mike from the OBDM podcast. Um, I will evaluate what everyone says. Uh, my, my, I guess my focus is tech. And any place we where we do wind up going, if we do wind up going someplace like Mines or uh, Gab or any kind, or even MySpace, uh, we're still at the whim of who controls that, and then the costs incurred for monthly server and storage. So that's something that really needs to be considered. Uh, but I'm actually really interested in what James Corbett has to say because he's been going on his own for a very long time, and I. I just really want to hear his opinion about everything that's going on, what, what has been said so far. All right. Well, thanks for that. Uh, yes, James Corbett, CorbettReport.com. You might have heard of it in the past. Uh, basically, my thoughts on this are that I am not uh, interested in signing up to some sort of collaborative website where everyone will post, because to me, that's the exact opposite of what the internet is about. The internet is for having your own space. And I know that that's against the current of everything, every trend, the way that people use the internet even. Um, I don't really care. <laughs> I will say this advisedly because I, I was not really part of, but I had a, a regular video series that I was doing for a certain website that I'll, will remain nameless for the moment uh, of several years ago uh, that spun off into a different website. I didn't even join that website. I wasn't even part of it. But anything that anyone on that website said was suddenly coming back to me. Well, but you know someone who said this, and it's you, James. And I, I just have no time for that drama. No, the, the internet is for all of us to be lone wolves and to be more effective that way. Now, the only part of that that, that is important is the ability to disseminate this information. Uh, first of all, they are going to eventually start coming after and censoring individual websites. And when that happens, we're going to have to go even deeper underground, which is why I think it's more of the, um, the decentralized technologies like IPFS and what have you that are going to be the answers to this, which one-tenth of one percent of the audience will have even heard of, let alone know how to use. Uh, but think about 25 years ago, one-tenth of one percent of the people out there had even heard of the World Wide Web or this you know, new internet technology. The cool people are going to go where the cool things are happening. And uh, we have to make cool things happen and trust that people are going to follow us. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that Sam said when we initially discussed this is the fact that it, it you know, you have London Real, they have their own platform, James Corbett, you have, you know, all these people who have their own uh, websites and their own platforms, which is awesome. I completely agree with you. But I think it does become more difficult to get people access to this stuff because a lot of people are still watching James Corbett videos on YouTube because it's easy, not because they like YouTube maybe, but because it's easy. Everything's there. They, they're subscribed to a bunch of stuff and, and it's easy. So, you know, that's, I guess, the, the only difficult. How do we bypass something like that? Or how do we improve on something like that? You know, maybe it is create another uncensored YouTube, you know, which is a possibility too. So, uh, anybody write anything about who wants to jump in? Uh, Josh uh, said uh, float.app. I'm not sure what he means by that. Maybe he can uh, speak to that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's just one of the options. I mean, it's a good site to not be censored on. 
Uh, by the way, I'm Josh Sigurdsson of World Alternative Media. Um, I've been censored for 10 years, but it's been getting really bad over the last, uh, especially over the last two years. It's it's over the top, beyond anything we saw before, to the point where my videos are just getting deleted. And when you send them in for appeal, they basically just, within 10 seconds, they say, we've reviewed it. We have decided it is inappropriate content, whatever that is. Um, so, you know, I, it's more of an insult to the viewers at this point. And one of the biggest issues has been going to a lot of these alternative sites. Um, people all agree with us already, and you can't really educate anyone that way. You can't really spread your message to people that way. You need people that don't agree with you, and that's important, though you're not allowed to be in disagreement with people on most of these mainstream platforms anymore. So uh, I like float.app. That's F-L-O-T-E. Dot app. Um, a, a friend of mine basically designed it around independent media's being censored, but not in a way to kind of promote one little uh, echo chamber, but to be open for everyone, you know, age 12 to 90, right? Some, something that everyone can join and everyone can have different disagreements on, but you don't get censored because there's no algorithm. So you cannot be shadow banned. You're, it's just a base, based on the um, demand of the individual, the person that's watching, the people that um, appreciate your content. So they can't shut you down. And they also allow monetization on content if you want that. Not everyone wants that. Many people just want to be viewer funded, and that's good. Um, but if you, there's incentive to get you know independent medias on there and people who have independent voices. So I think Float.app is good. BitChute, I hear what uh, Sam was saying earlier. You know, there's I love BitChute, but also it drives me insane because it takes sometimes like six days for a video to process and there's no excuse for that after all these years so i really hope they really build on that platform better especially with the incentive of all of these people getting kicked off the major platforms right now i think uh we should hear from tommy g and then after that we'll hit up jason what's up guys it's good seeing all you guys um tommy g no mercy podcast uh sam tripoli secret lover the uh, I think what we need to do first here is that we need to start following each other, spreading everything. So it might be a wise idea for those people who are watching to throw your Twitter handle as your name so that we could get all the viewers as we start to spread this to follow everyone. But I really think the big thing about this community is we have to join together. I know we all need to monetize because you need to stay alive and eat in order to stay in business. But the us all supporting each other, not focusing too much on hiding our content and being the first one to do anything or the only one to do anything. I've built multiple million dollar businesses. Um, I'm actually building a conspiracy community. Um, all of you are welcome to be a part of it. Um, Sam was talking about buying MySpace. I honestly think the best thing to do if we were going to do something like that, or if a portion of us were going to do something like that, um, we could build our own. I could get up money and we could crowdfund money if we want, but I can get up seven figures and we can put something together where we could build it from the ground up, uh, which may be more cost effective and maybe better. And then we could all still have our own things on the side. So I don't think it has to be MySpace or our own thing or our Twitter, but um, that's just my two cents. I think we could build this and I could help with a team to uh, put together the management, CEOs, things like that, that have a lot of business experience. So whatever I could do to help you guys, let me know. Yeah. And I think uh, Jason was going to, say something next I, I do want to clarify that's one thing that sam has also proposed i mean like broken simulation his website you get the views you get all the traffic you can click on the link bring it to your youtube channel or whatever we can do something like that too something where it's not, it's not taken away from your website it's there it's just a place where you can get it it's uncensored and you can still click on the link go to the person's website 
bring the traffic to them. So uh, that's also an option. Well, so one Jay- last thing, Ricky, on that. I think the big thing with that would be that everyone owns their own content, right? So if exactly. doing something or Sam's doing something and we have this conglomerate that we're building, uh, we basically still are able to monetize through Kate gets her stuff, Sam gets her stuff. Uh, maybe a small piece goes to the company just to pay for servers and backend stuff because there are going to be extensive server costs, marketing, things like that. But um, there's a way to do this where we could only live in that world and still monetize it to the max. So like a cooperative. Yeah, exactly. It's just like commission, basically. Like if you're working, you know. Hey, Ben, I wanted to hear from you because um, you had, uh, you were telling me you had some, a, uh, a project going on. I would love to hear with you because you are kind of one of the more famous uh, censorships that we've gone through. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for us, what we're trying to do is a lot of what you guys are talking about right now. And, and I think the idea is how do you balance between not becoming a, a centralized place where everyone is going as far as putting all their content up? We don't want that because if everyone goes there, like, like James was saying, and starts dumping all their content in one spot, now you just have one target to take out. That's no good. The reason I think Facebook has been so successful um, and, and it's made, uh, you know, been a successful platform for us. And I think for a lot of you guys at one point it was, uh, is because people could go there and that feed system allowed them to find a lot of different sources of information. Now that's gone. Now we all know that, that Facebook has, has destroyed that, uh, intentionally, but the, I think what we can do is take away from it, the value of what that looks like. So I think there has to be a channel system that is set up in a way where everyone has their own channels controls their own channels and that content. Uh, and then we are able to then reference back, send people back to their own websites. If you have your own website, if you don't have your own website, you're able to be there. That's what we're working on building right now is a platform that is not a social media platform. It's merely a platform for content creators to place content and has a live stream running through it 24 seven so that people can go to it and watch it like it's a cable channel. And it's pulling content up from those individual channels into a 24 seven stream. We're also trying to build it off blockchain, eventually get to the point where we build a treasury similar to what we did with dash. And I know Luke did it with dash, uh, where content creators actually can get funded there and get content made or paid for, because as you guys know, YouTube and Facebook control all the advertising dollars. So it's really difficult to get anything funded if you're trying to do, you know, any kind of serious work. So, um, I mean, it's a process for us. We're about two weeks away from, a a launch where we're going to go ahead and launch a MVP. It's going to be real basic to start off. And the reason we're launching it now, we're actually going to jump the gun a little bit from where we want to be. The reason we're launching right now is because of all the shutdown of everything dealing with COVID. You can't put anything up anymore uh, without getting immediately taken down. In fact, um, you know, Plandemic 2 is going to come up uh, at the same time that we won't launch it. And we're going to put it up on our site uh, because you can't find it anywhere. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. Um, but I'm really interested in, in kind of what you guys are seeing as as value. I love the MySpace idea just because I think that's a, that's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. But it's pointless to put anything on MySpace right now. Unless you own it and control it, forget it. Because they're going to do the same thing to you that everybody else is doing. I mean, you guys probably saw Candace Owens just got her her uh, GoFundMe taken down today. I mean, it's bullshit. I mean, what do you, why are you taking down a GoFundMe page for someone else? Because you're intolerant of her intolerance. It just doesn't make any sense at all. So anybody, Mike, have you been uh, keeping track of who's next? Anybody say they wanted to jump in added this? Uh, yeah, there's uh, plenty of people in there. I actually, I typed in there, you know, I took the time to type in there, <laughs> but, um, and I was just, uh, uh, bouncing off what James 
and Ben just said, and I, and I agree with them. I come from more of a DIY kind of punk rock kind of uh, ethos. We do need to have all our own feeds and spaces, but it needs to be fed into an alt media algorithm that it, one of us controls and builds. And uh, we would have to be mindful of where that app lives, like if it lives on AWS or or DigitalOcean. It's got to be mm-hmm. Dockerized and containerized. So if it gets taken down, it's easily put back up, no matter what. So it can be moved around. Uh, but I'm inclined to. Uh, I definitely agree with uh, with Corbett and and Swan on this one. Uh, I don't want to funnel everyone into one thing that can easily be shut down because that defeats the purpose. We're better spread out. Like if someone bombed this right now, they take us all out. So. Um, I'm trying to look in here. I think uh, let's let's go to uh, yeah. Let's go to Tim. Hey guys, can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay. Hey guys, it's uh, Tim Pacho. Uh, <clears throat> I go by the Liberty Advisor. I you, a lot of you might not know me because I got shadow banned right out right out of the gates on Facebook after about a month and a half of being on there. I uh, reached about 10% of what the Russians did to try to help Trump at the time and then got completely, you know, 90, over 99.9% shadow banned. But I've done a lot of videos with with Luke and also uh, uh, Josh Sigerson. So that's how some of you might, might know me. But I'm glad that uh, James had brought up IPFS because ultimately, you know, the, the last person was just talking about if we have this on AWS or have this on different, what the underlying architecture is. And just remember, Gab, I mean, Gab was using Microsoft's uh, Azure cloud and they took them off from from Microsoft. And so by having something like uh, IPFS, interplanetary file sharing system, it can be the ultimate backup solution because right now, if you want to watch the pandemic documentary, the only way to do so is if you type in uh, like Freedoms Phoenix IPFS or, or a pandemic space ipfs you get the uh the feed from ernest hancock who's been way ahead of a lot of people on this and so essentially what you're doing with ipfs is you're you're creating one uh copy on your server but then let's say if one percent of our fans uh also created their own nodes or servers then if they go and take me down well then it repopulates in all these other places and so in terms of having something that's uncensorable it's using blockchain technology so that way you can't actually stop it and it and I really would say that, you know, having some of you guys interview Ernest Hancock on this subject would be probably a, a very good place to start because he's been working on this for years. And some of his funders are the people that funded the pandemic documentary. And it's no coincidence that the only place it's not taken down right now, if you want to go see it, that hasn't been able to be taken down is his copy of it. Uh, because it's, it's through this IPFS network where we each have our own node. But you know, if we each try doing it individually, uh, you know, it'd be very hard. But if we have just a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of our audience who are tech geeks and like what we're doing and want to support what we're doing, we'll create a system that they're not, they, they can't shut down every single person. So it's creating almost like this Tor type network where you can't, uh, and there's maybe James could probably explain this probably even better than, than I could. But I think that that, if we're building something on top of somebody else's architecture and they just, pull the architecture from us, whether it's AWS or Microsoft's cloud or who's ever cloud, that's going to be the next attack vector. So we need to be you know, cognizant of that right out of the gates. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And does anybody want to expand on that? Or if not, then we'll go to, I think, uh, Mike suggested Jason. Yeah, I'll jump in. Where are you? You want to jump yeah, in? Yeah, right here. Um, Jason Burmis, good to see everybody. Um, first of all, I got to agree with uh, James also on the fact of decentralization, right? We kind of all have to do our own thing. At the same time, we have to take advantage of the technology that's in front of us. As terrible as YouTube is, it's the largest platform. 
I guess my biggest problem with that is the argument is still is, oh, well, let's make them a utility. They have to be a utility. Google's never going to be a utility. I mean, you got to understand they work with the government via NASA in artificial intelligence and quantum computing. Uh, I, I think, honestly, if you're going to get to the point where you want to try to break these uh, you know, companies up SEC style from old school, you have to point out the fact that they're not even company. They're not even tech companies. They're pseudo government mm -hmm. organizations outside of this. This is the first and second largest search engines in the world and the largest operating system on these devices. So I guess what else I would say is I think a streaming network that would take all of our stuff and put it into, you know, one long stream, as long as everybody's okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm for putting up my stuff everywhere for free. I love people copying it. I don't care. I have for years. Um, but at the end of the day, to make people aware of that, because we can't just all migrate somewhere, because as soon as something gets migrated to our created in the system they've already brought to us via this internet. Look at, say, Gab, right? You're, you're Nazis. You're a racist. They'll just vote you down. You know, unless you have a fully decentralized internet, I don't know how that works. So what do you do? I think that at the end of the day, on top of everybody having their own thing, on top of creating something where all of our stuff is streaming, uh, even in an audio format via, you know, their technology, their Spotify's, make them kick us off, you know, and then out of them as they do um is basically getting on the streets again haven't done it in a long time the bumper stickers aren't there um the people are, are are not talking to one another i mean how much does it really cost now to go out there with a 50 inch screen you can buy for a hundred bucks and then pop in off a laptop and show somebody a video on the streets we haven't utilized that for a long time and the other thing is we haven't utilized the old school method that we are change used to do and confronted these monsters on camera. You know, we could talk and harp them on Bill Gates all, all day, but until somebody confronts him with a real question, like the quote where he uh, is making a 21, 20 to one profit on these vaccines, you know, ask him to clarify that. I, I think that we're not going to gain anything because a video like that, if you had a video of Bill Gates commenting on that, looking uncomfortable, you could at least go viral on Twitter still, as corrupt a platform it is. You might not be able to go viral on, on YouTube as heavily, but you'd, you'd get there. So I'm just saying, man, we got to start getting back out in the streets the way that we used to do it, myself included. And I think that's a key thing. And you know, Infowars.com, you say what you want, but they were smart when they had bumper stickers everywhere. You know, bumper stickers are cheap. T-shirts are cheap. Um, you know, that that's my two cents because we're, we're a long way from home, fellas, and it's closing pretty quick, that tight-ass fist. I know a lot of us got demonetized fully on the same day. You know, I mean, and that that there should prove antitrust laws and a lawsuit. But again, at the end of the day, YouTube's a part of Google, Google's a part of Alphabet, and they're all part of the military industrial complex, bringing you DARPA style uh, automation and artificial intelligence. Yeah. Luke, do you, you want to add to this? I know somebody said uh, they wanted to hear your thoughts. First of all, it's an honor to be joined by this sausage fest of uh, virgin neck beards. We it's have two ladies here. Honor and pleasure. Um, truly great. Uh, first of all, there's a lot of conversations happening here and it's good. It's a start. And 
one thing that I would kind of espouse here is, is people are saying, well, if we decentralize, we'll be spread over the place and we're going to get screwed. People are saying if we centralize and go to one website, they're just going to target that one website. We're going to be screwed. My advice is let's try some optimism. Let's try some crazy luck because at this time, at this stage, especially with what just happened with Alex Jones and David Icke, truly your mindset, our belief systems are incredibly important. And I think right now, let's try whatever we can. I think we're all doing an incredible job. We're extremely lucky to still be here against the odds that we are against. So we still got that happening right now. I say uh, keep swinging for the fences because you never know when something could change very rapidly. And I think uh, coming from this as a more optimistic point of view is going to be also something very important if we're going to be successful in getting our voice heard. That's my little two cents that I had there. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I mean, I kind of like I'm a huge fan of James Corbett. He was one of my first guests when I did this show six years ago. Um, just like Jason and James, everything. I, I like the open source idea. Post this stuff wherever you can. Get these conversations, these ideas out there wherever you can. I, I love that. But I also understand some people need to make a living doing this. So, you know, and, and they want to make a living doing this. So we have to kind of explore all options. But uh, I know, Monica, have, you want to, yeah, you know? I just, I have this concern that I've had for a while and the executive order of Trump recently and the USMCA all attacked this section 230. Now I actually am a lawyer, but have absolutely no idea, you know, any from the legal perspective, if that's really meant to be what it looks like to me, but it looks like it's creating a liability problem for these platforms. They're starting with Twitter and Facebook people who can afford it. And then as they have this liability problem, they can put in their resources to keep the uh, keep the content within whatever the Overton window, and then as they as that becomes more and more expensive, startups can't enter. So I feel like that Section Two Thirty attack is attack on Gab and Bitshoot. They, they're going to have them go the way of Gawker. I think they floated some cases against people for spreading Sandy Hook disinfo. And I think that they're just trying to find a way to kind of throw up that regulatory barrier to entry and create kind of a fiduciary duty to censor at these platforms. So I think that's, I mean, I think that's a, I think that they will pick and choose who they attack for that, but it's a consideration on, on if a platform can even survive without some kind of censorship. Kate, you want to? There she is. Hi. How's my, you guys can hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. So I'm then probably one of the newest kids on the block. Um, I'm Kate from the Kate Awakening. I've had a YouTube channel for about just a little over a year. Um, I hardly know how to use YouTube. <laughs> so the technical stuff, all of the stuff that you're talking about goes way over my head, but I am an internet user. So, um, you know, when I like, I actually really like the MySpace idea. Call me, call me nostalgic. Um, <laughs> I talk about MySpace all the time still. Uh, it's something that people recognize. Um, that's really all I know about that and all I can add to it. But as far as, uh, the ideas of, of where to go, et cetera, I am, um, you know, like I said, I'm an internet user, so I can, I can tell you what I, what I, what sounds good to me, but I can't really give any ideas if that makes any sense, <laughs> at least not at this point. I have a comment about section 230. Um, my name is Zach, uh, red pill 78. 
Um, you know, to Luke's point about optimism, I, it, from my perspective, what Section 230 and this, uh, 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 the, you know, what, what President Trump just put out, it's specifically pointing to YouTube, Twitter and Facebook places that are already censoring. Gab and BitChute are exclusively not censoring. And if something is going to happen, uh, it's it's asking these companies that are overtly censoring conservatives to either stop or they're going to be looking at losing the protections under Section 230. So I personally, I would be very surprised if that ends up being, uh, you know, like like something that forces people to censor. I mean, I, I think that YouTube, Twitter and, and Facebook, if they don't stop doing what they're doing, they're going to be cataloged as publishers and they're going to be treated as such. And I think that that's going to be a big monetary hit to them. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, that it's either going to force them to start acting fairly or it's going to push more people to these other platforms that are not censoring right now. And I, I also think that Gab is actually working on some type of a video portal. Uh, they just put out kind of a, a Zoom live streaming option uh, as an interface on their website. I don't think it's quite there yet, but it's going to be coming. But, um, you know, I guess... I, Back to the optimism. I'm really hoping that I'm right on this point and, and that this is what's going to happen because, you know, YouTube, Twitter, this is where all the people are right now. It is so difficult to get people to move to new platforms. And if that doesn't work, then I do feel like if there was some coordination that took place to get many people who have been censored, demonetized, uh, you know, all to go over to one thing, take all of their viewers. Uh, then that might make YouTube and Twitter and these other platforms decide that they need to start doing something if they start losing enough money. Uh, you know, Joe Rogan moving to Spotify. I think that is a huge, huge cue to YouTube that they cannot keep performing the way they have. You know, who knows how many billions of dollars they've lost since they started actively censoring censor, um, uh, conservative voices. I mean, initially it was somewhere over $10 billion they lost off their market cap. And I can only imagine that it's more ever since then. So I don't know. Section 230, I'm really hoping that that's the way. Let's, uh, let's hear from uh, Scott DeGroat. You want to pop in here? Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, this is uh, Scott DeGroat. I'm from Oak Society's. What's up, all my QTubers out there? Um, pretty much just piggybacking on what uh, Red Pill was saying. My whole theory on YouTube right now with the Section 230, I really, I don't think YouTube, I know they've started demonetizing us. I got demonetized about two months ago. And just something about Spotify. I have yet to see anyone get axed on a podcast. Maybe you guys have, but I was actually axed on Spotify uh, two months ago, and I was never warned. And I was uploading episodes for about two months, not realizing this. And they claim they sent me emails and all this shit, and it never happened. And uh, so I don't think anything's safe at this point. But getting back to what I was saying about YouTube, I don't, I'm kind of like in Kate's boat. I'm new to YouTube. I've been doing this for about a year now. I don't know a lot of the uh, technical stuff with all the computer and setting up sites and all that, all that, uh, all that jazz. But just about section uh, 230, I don't think YouTube is going to start just deplatforming people. I, at least I hope not, because I think with what Trump's going to bring to the table, I don't think YouTube is going to want a line of angry people with lawsuits that want to go after YouTube. So that's just my two cents on it. I'm here to hear all your guys' ideas as well, but I just want to introduce myself to everybody. Again, Woke Societies, and I'm, I'm just honored to be here with you guys. 
Cool. Thank you. I, uh, I want to hear from uh, Jeffrey from Conspiracy Farm if you want to pop in, buddy. I'm not sure if uh, you're ready. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. How's everybody doing, man? It's an absolute pleasure of getting the tribes of truth together. I love it. What are your thoughts yeah, so far? I, I'm really, I'm really just listening, man. I mean, obviously we, we all probably have different ideas on how to proceed, but you know, we just need to get to a point where we, I think it was Burmas who said, you know, YouTube's kind of the thing right now when everybody's using it, but until we can get to a spot where they can't just arbitrarily demonetize and censor us, I, we almost kind of have to use the tools that we have. I almost jokingly said to my co-host Pat and even I think Sam Tripoli, we might have to get back to the point where we're mailing out CDs, you know, <laughs> burning our stuff on CD-ROM. But yeah, I'm just listening. I really want to hear everybody's thoughts and everything because um, obviously our messages are resonating with a lot of people right now and we've got to find a way to keep it consistently out there. Well, uh, I, I agree. Jay Dyer just joined us. Um, but I, yeah, to piggyback of what you said and what Burma said, yeah, we, we kind of, we need to do the old kind of punk rock thing, go out there and flyer, you know, go on the streets, uh, bumper stickers, make a zine. I know it's kind of a pain in the ass to make a zine and it's a hell of a, a pain in the ass to coordinate a zine, but that might be something to look into. Jay Dyer, who just joined us, uh, just got, uh, you got the ax from YouTube recently, didn't you? I did. Yeah. About four or five days ago. Thank you for having me here. Um, I'm honored as well. Uh, yeah, I'd never had any problems with YouTube, ironically. Uh, I had a few uh, S-hook-related things that they flagged a few, a few years ago, but actually I got all that overturned because I was in the right. However, um, for me, the, the worst part was, I think two years ago, my website got completely deleted by WordPress. And I chose WordPress because they had a, a you know, reputation of being pro free speech. So that all turned out to be meaningless once that I think they had a general, uh, somebody from the Pentagon actually came onto the board of WordPress and then they purged everybody at the same time. I was purged at the same time that Alex Jones was from all his media outlets. Um, so I, I learned that the hard way and what, but ironically what that did was that forced me to build a website. Um, it took me about a month. It took me about four or $5,000 to, to transfer everything to my own content. Um, I've had a lot of success with that. I think if you do the half, half model, uh, have your own website, keep, I mean, it's a lot of work, but, um, I've, I've been able to weather the storms through that. And then yes, about four, like I said, three or four days ago, YouTube demonetized me. And then they want you to jump through all these hoops, you know, to maybe get back to being uh, monetized. But the good news about that is that if you you can draw if you can drive enough people to your own subscription service, um, you can make up for what I mean. I had a sizable income that was from from YouTube, but you can make up with that for that uh, if you can gain enough you know paid subscribers through your own stuff, um, you know, within a month or two. So. So I, if I push the memberships a lot, I can I can do uh, okay with that. So on the business side of things, there's no silver silver bullet because any of these platforms they can go at any time. But I have had success by having multiple sources of income, Patreon, all those things, and then a half and half subscription service where all of my content is not just on YouTube, but it's also backed up in all these other areas. Anybody who hasn't shared their thoughts yet, do you guys want to? jump in i didn't want i didn't want to be rude but be i can't do it you're rude well i'm jamie deluxe uh if you haven't heard of me by now i'm quite surprised i'm just gonna put that out there uh, i'm just fucking around but no I, i'm honored to be here uh 
watch a lot of these channels. So it's pretty cool. Thank you, Sam, for inviting me. What's up, everybody? But yeah, I'm all about the old school punk rock uh, way because that's how I grew up playing in punk rock bands, doing it all myself. And, um, but I'm also, I don't mind being slutty and free. So I want my shit everywhere. You know what I mean? I don't care if anybody rips anything, take whatever. Doesn't really matter to me. I just enjoy, I'm addicted to making videos. So that's what I do. And it's pretty much my two cents. <laughs> and my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anybody yeah. else want to, want to jump um, in? On wait up. Well, I think, uh, I think the Alex Jones idea is a good idea. The stickers. I was at one of, I've been to a couple of the protests and they're always handing out stickers. They're in your face. I mean, a lot of us probably don't do that. Get in your face. And that's why he's so big everywhere you go. All the protests he's got people. He'll send people. He like, Hey, go over there and protest under me. And he's got, he's got it going. He's got the stickers. He's got the shirts. He's always in your face. And he's, you know who he is. Like you saw that protest where he brought out the car and everyone just started shitting on it. That's what happens when you're just out there. Not being annoying, but it's what hits his thing. And then as a, for Spotify, would anybody go there? You, they pay their artists. Do you think they'll start paying YouTubers? Because they're, they're about to get a video content pretty soon. Even though I just heard someone got censored. I mean, that, isn't that the reason Rogan went over there for no censorship? Yeah, I think that's a that's a huge issue. Like uh, Ben Swan was bringing up about the pandemic documentary. You know, I said this on on a prior podcast not too long ago. How ridiculous is it that they literally every as fast as you could upload that documentary, they're pulling it out. But yet you could find people talking about debunking it and showing clips just about the whole film. You can uh, talk. People could show the clips as long as they were calling it a hoax, all this stuff. But the documentary itself where people can watch and make their own decision on if it makes sense or not was completely pulled. And this is something like that. And to see how they all came together, all the social media accounts, YouTube, everybody came together to fight against that documentary. I mean, Ben Swan knows because uh, it happened to him. Uh, Dr. Judy, similar situation where their Wikipedia got locked, you know, so that's a, a huge issue. And when they come together and fight us, that's the purpose of this podcast is for us to come together and fight back. And, and that doesn't mean we all subscribe to the same ideas. That doesn't mean we all have to agree on anything. I mean, the whole idea of this show is to idea sex, bring everybody together, share ideas, no idea, no perspective is, is too crazy to uh, propose. So if anybody has any ideas that even no matter how crazy it might sound, or, or maybe if you think people might, might not subscribe to it or not share it because you know, Oh, there we go. We got somebody. Uh, I guess you're talking to me. My name is Gordo. <laughs> Those conspiracy guys. Uh, thanks to Sam for, Trying out the link to let me on here. Um, it's great to be with you all. This is an Irish accent. I think I'm the only non-American in the house. Um, I've just been listening to some of the stuff you guys are saying, and, and I'm trying to uh, work out how not to get kicked off of YouTube for what I call the, the Connecticut incident. Uh, we were think we we're talking about like a new platform centralization. Uh, like if uh, there there are legal problems, I guess if you're putting everything onto one platform. If somebody says something that's, you know, defamatory or would end up in litigation, everyone gets fucked. Uh, if it's all on the one platform because you're a, 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 a publisher, not a platform, that's a concern. If we're going to centralize everything, uh, I thought that maybe you could centralize by topic instead of um, just like conspiracy theories or truth or material in general. So we could all have our own individual channels and then have a collectivized uh, 
section on like occult stuff and another collectivized section on political subterfuge and another section then on like uh, fucking lizard people, particularly, you know, like one specificity where we would all uh, contribute to that one centralized topic. So if they're going to flame that centralized collective, it'll just be that topic that gets flamed and not everything of everybody's. Uh, the things that are like hot button would be, you know, the pandemic um, documentary like COVID because it contravenes WHO regulations or whatever. Um, other stuff would be like mass shootings like Sandy Hook gets gets the axe, but stuff like Las Vegas doesn't as much. Um, so you can still talk about it, but just, I know it's self-censorship and it's kind of against the ethos or whatever, but it's not, it's just like um, putting it into the different compartments. Uh, another kind of idea I think will be like supporting a system or a platform that's already established rather than making our own from scratch. So BitChute is doing loads of great work. They just need money for uh, bandwidth. That's why the uploads are so slow. Uh, they're, they're skating around 50, 60% of their costs every month. They're losing money as they go. Like if we were able to get people to funnel investment or to, to extricate from YouTube and, and put all of our uh, power behind BitChute, it could become like a real viable alternative at the same time, it could end up like vid me and just get deleted overnight. Yeah. Someone just comes along and pop up and there's something that's gone. Um, but Gab, Minds, BitChute, they're all there. They've done the work. They have a load of people already on there. Uh, and they've, they've had loads of like press. So maybe like instead of starting something brand new, we could maybe support them a bit more. Uh, another one will be uh, the cross-pollination of all our audiences. So doing like swap casts and stuff. Um some people are into Q and they're like hard for Q, but they don't know anything else about any of the other stuff. And, you know, if we, we had uh, audience uh, cross pollination and then about Spotify, Joe moving to Spotify, it, it's not really about uh, the censorship part. It's more about the DMCAs that he was getting spammed with. So like uh, Universal Music Group and shit are, are coming in. And, and if you have like a, a, a micron of, of a song that's copyrighted, they'll just fucking steal all your money. Uh, ABC, NBC, and all the news networks were doing the same thing, so they couldn't show anything. Uh, even with, in Europe, they have Article 11 and Article 13, which are uh, link taxes and image image um, copyright, where you can have your whole website removed because you used a part of an image that was copyrighted. It's bullshit, but um, that's the way they've kind of locked down on traditional media and newspaper um, content being taken. So if you take a clip from like the Guardian and use it as a quote in your website, they can DMCA you to take down that thing. So it's all kind of EU is a little bit different. That's just some ideas. Um, If you're going to centralize on a platform like and make your own YouTube, also AWS can switch you off in the morning. That's just my comments. Um, I have a list of them there. I put them in the chat as well. It seems, it seems like we got a, a couple different factions of people here. You got like Tommy G, entrepreneur, willing to build something from the, the ground up and saying Ben Swan, is, who's already in the process of building something and launching something. Then you have uh, James Corbett, uh, anarchist, just kind of wants to do his own thing. I think he will use something if it's available to him. Um, so at this point, I, I mean, uh, a lot of different ideas coming around. Uh, is there anybody who right, has... Let me jump in for a second. Sure, absolutely. So, so one of the things I think is, and again, I'm coming from, I'm kind of what Kate said, right? Like I was a wall street guy and a entrepreneur and investor, and I started companies and businesses and websites. That's how, and I've always been a conspiracy theorist. So I'm moving heavier 
into this space in the process of building a website. I've already dumped, I think, $80,000 into it and have been talking to Tripoli. And that's part of the reason we're on here. I think, Jay, I think it was you, Dyer, who said something before about it doesn't cost much money to start a website, right? It costs like $4,000, $5,000. You don't have to do what I'm doing. I have a gambling company and a fantasy company and all that. But the, the problem with most people in this industry, from what I'm seeing as a business guy from the outside, and I'm not trying to overstep any boundaries with any of you guys. I follow all your channels and shows, and you guys know way more than me about technology, the internet, conspiracies, and all that. But you work for YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you work for YouTube. They're your boss. They can fire you at any day. And everyone needs to be aware of that. So instead of just praying and hoping that Trump's going to do something or the government's going to step in or 230 is going to get wiped out. And I agree with Red Pill 100 percent. Like we all got to pray that that happens that, you know, but I mean, how much shit have we been praying happens that, you know, takes longer than we expect. So I think the number one focus for everyone on here needs to be start a website. I am willing to give my email, give my consultation, give my time. I just spent three hours on the phone with a girl I never met just to help her get her podcast off the ground yesterday. So I think that's a part of it. We all have different weapons here. Uh, Red Pill's got probably one of the most experienced, along with a bunch of you in here as far as, you know, being in this industry. Some of you have been censored and banned and been back. Monica has been kicked off the radio. She has experience there. So we all have different strengths. And I do agree, and I'm going to start some sort of community, right? It doesn't need to be the be-all, end-all. Like Jay said, you could have a $3,000 website. That's j.com. You could be a part of the MySpace that Tripoli and all of us may do. I'll back it with money. We'll go do a GoFundMe. We'll do whatever we want. You can have your YouTube. You can have your bitch. Like, that's what we need to do. We need to be the virus. We need to be everywhere. And if you're relying on everything being on YouTube or BitChute or any of these other fucking platforms, you can wake up one day and lose all your money. True reporting. Joe M. I mean, we saw educating liberals lose half a million fucking followers. That's money. That's money that he could bring in. And more than money, that's education. That's people that now don't get to hear his voice on Twitter. So one, we need to make sure that we push each other when someone gets demonetized. Um, You know, some of you may have more followers than me in here. I have about 130,000. So if any of you ever get kicked off, hit me up, hit Tripoli up, DM me. I just followed as many of you guys as I can and I'll follow the rest of you. But we need to really put the word out for each other. So whoever has the followers needs to push. Whoever has the tech background needs to push. And we need to just spread. So I, I do think we need everything everyone's saying, and it's not that expensive. Yeah, no, I complete. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it it is. I mean, I think one of the most important things is not about, you know, what we agree with or don't agree with. That's why in that previous email, I kind of want to emphasize that it's not about, you know, specific topics. It's about the fact that we all agree that everybody should have access to do their own research. When we all got involved in this, there's two things. One, we thought we could really make a difference. And two, we understood that people had to see our content to actually change perspectives and minds. And that's why we're together because I wanted to find ways and, and communicate and start a community and all support one another. Uh, that's why everybody, you know, I was joking in the intro or maybe before the intro about how it, it pays off not to piss anybody off throughout the years of podcasting because people are willing to come on. Because to me, it, it's it's okay to have different ideas and different opinions. The most important thing is like people should have a right to hear James Corbett's perspective and opinion. People should have a right to hear somebody else who has a completely different perspective. That's how we mold our own opinions is by seeing both sides of the story. Like Ben Swan said, you know, with, with that pandemic thing, the reason why I brought that up and why he brought that up is because 
people didn't get to see that side of the argument. It's like, we're deciding what truth is and that's it. You can't see the other side of the argument. And that's the definition of big brother. That's them deciding for you what you can and cannot do, what you cannot see and uh, what truth is. And, uh, you know, it's not a matter of what we agree with or what we don't agree with. It's a matter of just having access to everything. So anybody who, uh, who didn't speak, want to, uh, chime in. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe, my yeah. co-host, Joe. Okay. Yes. As Mike said, uh, I help out on obdmpod.com. Um, just a couple random thoughts. I want to do some, I guess, clap backs for some of the stuff people already said. Uh, and also <clears throat> echo some of the optimism as I think back on FARC, which was a site I used to love to go to, and then Dig, which was a site I used to love to go to, and then Reddit, which I used to go to religiously. Uh, and now you have Vote, which is obviously... A, a dumpster fire, but whatever. People move away when they can't hear other voices. And I think that this particular moment in time, as we watch the story around uh, CV, you know, COVID-19 change constantly, it's constantly changing, constantly changing, 22 million to 100,000 to 300,000. And, and so I think a lot of people are starting to ask these questions. But then the other thing that I think is a really good and optimistic way to look at it is that they know that people want this content, which is why they're pulling people down off of these platforms is because they know people, like, they're afraid of people being exposed to alternative viewpoints. And that's why that tiny little box, you know, with the narrative of the Noam Chomsky quote, where you basically just give people this one tiny space and they can go rigorously argue about that. They don't want to know everything that's outside that box. And so that's why they're coming after us. And I think everybody here has some really brilliant ideas. I really love the idea. I mean, decentralization is key, which is why Bitcoin even became a thing. And I think, I don't know if there's any kind of way you could gather, because I like Ben Swan's idea about having sort of a channel where you can just go and have like programming. I know No Agenda does this. They restream other shows. James Evan Pilato, uh, James's co-host, he has a stream that kind of plays content all day and and you'd be amazed. I mean, if you go to those uh, channels, they are playing stuff that you're kind of it's it's very sort of, you know, nearby the subject matter that brought you there in the first place. And I think things like that, maybe there's a way you could, you know, when you publish your podcast, maybe it automatically gets sent into, you know, whatever platforms you feel like you want to participate on that are still uh, viable for for content like we create. But really, I just wanted to say hi, grateful to see everybody and, and toss out a few ideas and, and, and kind of keep that optimism because I do feel like, I mean, the 230 thing, that's a little strange. I mean, I feel like it's supposed to work in the way that I'd want it to work. Like now Facebook is censoring exclusively, you know, like people who want to protest the lockdown, pull those groups down. Like that's crazy. You know, um, it, they're obviously a a publisher and not a platform. And so I don't know, I think there's a red pill opportunity. Um, the more people who are willing to see it are going to want to flock, uh, flock to whatever kind of, you know, either individual systems that we're all setting up or anything that can kind of collectivize all that and stream it to where they can get content that sort of just is outside the narrative. So that would be all I'd have to contribute. Yeah, Ben, you want to chime in, then we'll go to fame. Yeah, I just want to say just a couple of quick things. Um, one is, first of all, let me just say this uh, as an open invite to all you guys. When we do get our platform up, um, obviously, you know, we're not asking anyone to be exclusive anywhere. Um, you know, 
we can date other people. It's fine. But uh, we would invite you guys, all of you, to, to place your content on our channel as well and to create, be able to create um, channels for you within that. But I will say this, that, that the window is fast closing. You, we, that, we all know this. This is why we're here tonight, right? The window is fast closing in terms of, of um, having access to our audiences. And that's very frustrating, I think, for a lot of us, right? Because we've been building audiences for years. Um, and, and first we watched the audiences become halted and now we're watching them disappear. It's, I have a, a fun little game I get to play every day where I get to watch myself uh, rebuild Facebook followers that they're deleting this so to see if I can keep up with them. If I can grow as many as they delete from me. And, and so far I'm doing okay, but it's ridiculous, right? Because you know, these people, I get messages every day from people who say, I'm not unsubscribing from your channels. I'm not unfriending you, but I can't find your content. And then I went to your page and I found out I'm not following you anymore. Right. And I, and I can, you know, watch and see all the unlikes that are happening, but here's something I think is, is important. In this group, just this little group that we have here, this is hardly a, a, a huge number of either podcasters or you know alternative media folks on this on this call right now. There's probably what a dozen people here, and, and even among the group that's here, there's probably a couple million fans um, that we all have access to collectively, right? And and if you think about that, that means that in a very short amount of time, we have a, a, a small window in which to convert those fans from existing platforms over to new platforms. But if we don't take advantage of that while we have it, we won't have it. So what I'm saying is I do think Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, you know, Twitter to, to an extent, all of those channels right now have to become um, almost teaser channels where we are using those platforms while we can to send people someplace else. If you're creating really good content and we can create alternative places to place that content, you don't abandon YouTube. You simply make YouTube a teaser. And so in, you know, in, in TV, you, you run 30 second teasers or minute long teasers where you tease people and you tell them, this is the content, this is the new thing that's coming up and here's where you can go to watch it. And I think we need to use, use social media while it is still available to, to essentially immigrate and to move audiences off, not off those platforms. They're not going to leave YouTube forever. They're still going to go there and watch their favorite Twitch video, right? Or, or Vines or whatever they're doing there. But in order to move people, we need to be able to utilize, I think, some of that uh, to get them up to other platforms. But we have to have platforms to get them to, because if you're just teasing people and trying to send them off into the oblivion, they're not going to go there. Um, but I do think that that we need to be careful about abandoning, truly abandoning channels um, while we, even if they're not monetized right now, you're not making any money on them. There's still a value in being able to access audience that if we all just go someplace else are not going to be able to find us. They're just not going to be able to. So keep those channels active, keep them alive and even creating, and I know this is going to sound a little crazy, but creating code wording that you use. Like for instance, I can't put up anything about coronavirus or COVID because as soon as you put up anything about that, as of right now, right, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook and Instagram all immediately hide your posts because you're not allowed to post about it. So you got to use other terminology uh, to talk about it. But but that's something that collectively as a group and, and involving others as well, I think there's a certain language that we can begin to adopt and utilize, and then we would have to be clever about it in terms of altering that language to try to stay ahead of algorithms. Anyways, just a couple of quick thoughts there. Yeah, no, I, I think we agree. I mean, even Rogan, who's going to Spotify, I believe he's still going to be sharing clips 
little short clips of his podcast on YouTube. So it makes sense. I mean, why not utilize it? Even if you just get a few people who get exposed to your work using that platform, it's still worth utilizing. So I completely agree. Fame, you want to jump in? I know you wanted to. Uh... Oh, yeah. Um, thank you for being here. I'm Fame of the Block is Hot podcast. My co-host is going to be joining, uh, joining us later. Uh, essentially, what I was going to get at is um, kind of what's going on right now. A lot of our platforms, we shouldn't be an echo chamber where we're not, you know, shouting out other channels that may have similar or completely different opinions. You know, that's the beauty of being here right now. I can say that, you know, someone may hate me and love Ben Swan. They may not agree with Ben Swan, but love Sam Tripoli, you know, and things like that. But the fact that we all can come together and discuss different opinions of ideals and support each other, because at the end of the day, we all push the same message. Get out there and do your own research. You know, it's a shame that, you know, you see the mainstream media fighting and bickering between each other when they're supposed to be giving us the information. We're supposed to, in theory, rely on what they're telling us if we're not going out and doing our own due diligence. So, I mean, seeing channels like this come together and kind of using, like Ben said, use YouTube as just a platform or a preview because that is the big dog. Like no one out there is bigger than YouTube. So it would be foolish to just abandon it and give up all the hard work that you've been putting in. So um, that's just kind of kind of where I am and just kind of also um I've noticed that a lot of uh, a lot of people don't like to hear conspiracies because they think of it more doom and gloom but me I kind of look at it is more of like conspiracies are more entertaining than what's being put out on TV and we're seeing it all in front of our eyes in real time since you know we all have access to social media so instead of trying to make it doom and gloom we can be like hey this happened back in the 60s and it's kind of repeating itself in the same cycle maybe that was a part of the MK Ultra program that they had and then kind of try to equate it to what's going on so that it's not like oh you're powerless to what's going on it's no you can catch it and ride the wave and kind of avoid what's going to happen in the future and you know, you know, but that's just my two cents. You know, I'm curious to hear what everyone else has to say. <laughs> who, uh, who, who do we say? Uh, are you, you waving Jeff for? Yeah. Hey, can I, uh, wait, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Man. No, go ahead. Jump in. No, uh, I just, oh, I'm sorry. Whoever was talking, talk. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think maybe it could be helpful to also share some tips and recommendations. I'm hearing a lot of people say, you can't even say uh, the CV word. I see people calling it cornholio virus. I see people making up all these things. Um, another thing I wanted to add is even if you talk about a specific thing, you could, YouTube could pick that up with, of course, its auto transcribe feature. So that's one thing that I also would recommend people look out for. But I think it would be helpful to share some of the tips uh, that some people are expecting experiencing so we could actually fully understand what's happening because until we fully understand exactly how they attack us with their new strategies strategies against us we can't really deal with the problem and be as successful as if we have kind of this hive mind that is sharing all the tips and details so i think if maybe we could jump into that i think that would be helpful for everyone if people agree yeah i'll jump in for a second i posted a tweet earlier today and i agree with ben uh what he was saying pretty much every fucking thing Ben just said. But I mean, really like something as simple as virus, right? Like I, I posted a tweet today. If you write virus in all capitals, but instead of using the capital I use the lowercase L, it comes as it looks exactly like virus. So little tricks like that, that could bypass the algorithm. Um, I, I think that's a great, and this isn't just for us. This is for all the listeners out there. We're all going to be sharing this everywhere. So we're talking about how we can help the listeners. I don't want the listeners to get confused when we start talking about money and monetizing. Um, all of us are in different situations. I have multiple businesses, so I haven't charged for anything yet. But 
I know a lot of people, this is their sole income, true reporting and guys like that. A lot of you on here that just got the amount, they don't know what they're going to do for their next dollar. And that's very important. And for those of you listening, understand our number one message is the truth. Our number one message is to stop what the fuck's going on. That's what we're here for. For us to be able to eat and survive and live, that's how we could put good content out because no one can do shit under a bridge on the street. So don't get the message confused when we're talking about that. That's what this forum is for. But I think I, I agree with you, what you said right there, love. Like take two minutes and everyone give some tricks as to whether it's the virus emoji. A lot of you guys know technology better than me. Are they tracking the virus emoji? If you use the capital L thing, does anyone have any you know, tricks that we could use? Well, I mean, if I can just uh, hop in for a second, I, I've been trying to do that for years. I've been changing up words and all that kind of stuff. And eventually it catches up with you anyway. I mean, for years, I, I've been trying, well, recently, Covfefe 19 instead of COVID-19. Everyone knows what it is. Or if you just say the illness or something. Yeah, but the problem is it eventually catches up to you. If your channel is targeted and shadow banned, no matter what words you use, you're going to be shadow banned. I mean, I, I've seen some channels that that have uh, been quite successful in doing that for a few years. But if you say something that pisses certain people off, eventually they're going to come for you. All it takes is sending in a couple videos for review and then you're on the radar at YouTube headquarters. They're looking at your video. They know that you're saying things that the company doesn't want. They put you on a list and then eventually they end up demonetizing you like they did myself after years of getting around these little words. It worked successfully for about two years. But we're in a different era now where YouTube... It, it, they go after your channel, your name. The name of your channel is a keyword. You obviously can't change the name of your channel in the middle of you know whatever you're doing. Uh, you can't change your actual legal name. You can't. They have algorithm on YouTube or AI that spots your name or words that you speak in a video, so they can catch all of that. So after a while, it seems futile to be trying to find ways to change words so that you don't get caught. Because at the end of the day, every single one of us on this stream right now are. Going going to be taken off of YouTube eventually. And it, I mean, my whole thing is, do we walk away and bring a bunch of our audience or do we disappear and our whole audience will never see us again because they don't know where to go? And I think it's really important with the combined audiences we have here, millions and millions and millions of people, if we were to just stand up and say we're walking away, now I know a lot of people who've done that and have lost their entire audience because of it. We have to be careful with that. But if we were all to walk away, we could lose half of our audience, but we'd be growing on another platform and that could turn into something much better down the line. It's a long-term goal rather than right now, am I going to get monetized or if I'm going to get shadow banned if I change the word coronavirus? I just don't think long-term that's a really good way to go. That's just my personal thoughts on it. Yeah, no, I can I, say I, something. <laughs> yeah, no, go, go wait, ahead. Wait, actually, I, I wanted uh, Jeff uh, from Conspiracy Farm has had his hand uh, raised for a little bit. And so I'd like to, Sorry, go to go to him. Then we'll do Red Bill and then everyone else. Well, I'm just trying to trying to keep up and take notes. But I mean, I think a lot of us need to stay consistent with a lot of the way we look at geopolitics in the world and not approach it with this Pepsi challenge of it has to be this or that, this binary thought process, because a lot of the ideas I'm hearing from you guys definitely can work. It doesn't have to be necessarily one thing. Um, we just got our show on uh, Dish Network, Dish TV. And we can add a lot of different, a lot of these shows to that channel where you just go into just communities, punch in the name of your show, and people who aren't necessarily internet friendly uh, can still have access to our content. Um, as far as, you know, Swapcasts, I think Swapcasts are hugely important, supporting everybody's stuff. Um, I think someone had mentioned, you know, at Burmis or somebody or Luke, you know, boots on the ground, man, that grassroots growing of our audience. I think Sam Tripoli, 
I mean, he's so great with, you know, providing that spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. And I think a lot of us could benefit from taking our shows on the road, if you will. So again, saturation, man, of all these different platforms, all these different ways of, of marketing, et cetera. It, again, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. And with all of, like someone who just said, all of our audience combined, we can, there's a lot of leverage and a lot of power in that. So I'm, I'm really stoked, man. A lot of great ideas. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree with that. I, I know James Corbett, he had a hard out at nine or he thought we're putting together a cult, one of the two. Oh, but, okay. uh, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, what he said, and I understand his concerns of the idea of like, you're all on one platform and then people think you're linked to, you know, his issues, I think he didn't want to say the name, but I mean, I think a lot of us know he was a part of the Boiling Frog uh, post and, and then that turned a news bud. And, and then sometimes you get hate mail or you get people thinking like, oh, you believe this person, you work with that person, all that stuff. And uh, I think that is a concern. But one thing that I think we probably all agree on, and you guys can chime in, is the fact that people should have the right to be a Q person or anti-Q person. Somebody should have the right to be pro-vax or anti-vax. It's not about uh, what your stance is. It's about having access to all of it. And so you can come up with your own conclusion. And uh, I think that really is what the issue is. So, uh, Mike, have you been keeping up with... Uh, sorry, I've been kind of losing track on who might want to chime in next. Or is there anybody that hasn't chimed in that well, wants to? I think uh, Red Pill wanted to chime in. Yeah, just to the point about code words, I've been speaking in code exclusively for the last two years, and then 99% of my videos are fully monetized. And then without any warning, last uh, last Thursday, my channel was completely demonetized for hateful and abusive content, or harmful and abusive. Uh, I'm very particular about the way I speak, you know? I mean, I don't make claims against people that I can't back up. Uh, I don't denigrate anyone for being a particular race or creed, and I was very surprised by it, you know? Uh, so, I, I definitely, World Alt Media, I mean, it, it, I had two videos about the riots, and those two videos were demonetized, and then the very next day, my entire channel just gets wiped out. And uh, it's not going to break me. I'm not going to stop, and maybe in a manner of speaking, it's going to set me free so that I can say what I want to say in the way that I want to say it. But I also know that now that YouTube's not making any money off of my channel, uh, that's just one step closer to having it be completely removed from the platform. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things. I have a website coming up. I've got a, 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 an app on Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV. Uh, you know, I'm going to start simulcasting to other streaming platforms. So, and uh, uh, your idea about taking shows on the road, I think that's great. I mean, what Sam does, uh, you know, the ability to do that, I think that that would be sweet because I think a lot of people might be interested in, in coming to, to live events like that. So to pitch in on that, on the live events, honestly, people love the last 20 minutes of Eddie Bravo just talking and they just <laughs> want to hear him ask questions. And that literally, some people just go for that, for the Q&A. That's what I'm saying. If you guys, maybe not all of you guys can get, but if you guys all team up and get half your audience, half their audience in Texas, the, the shows will sell out and I just do live podcasts. Um, Rogan has one of his hunting dudes. They don't do comedy. They do a live podcast and all the hunting dudes gather together and they talk about their hunting experience and it's just together. And another thing is um, uh, Alex Jones just doesn't sell t-shirts. He sells all their all other products. You're smoking. Why shouldn't you have your own flavor, your own flavor on your website, red pill juice. And then we send our people to buy your juice and then it becomes a thing. It just can't be t-shirts. Alex Jones sells alpha brain. Uh, who do you think he, he got that idea from? 
someone stole it from someone and they have all these dietary things and that's what it is. Alex Jones is, have to find other ways to make money. And I think the live shows teaming up as a team, you know, hey, let's all get together, see if we can get 300 people in here, take it, split it off. You take some merch, make some money and there you go. And use YouTube as your platform as a commercial, if anything. Allah. Can I say one thing real fast? Yeah, go real for it. Fast. Sam and I have been talking forever. You know, we all know about Comic Cons. We want to do a Con Con where we basically, we all have booths set up on Friday and then on maybe Saturday, Sunday, we have a panel where it's a huge Q&A session. But again, we nationally, global, or we leverage all our audiences to, you know, whether it's Las Vegas or wherever we decide to set it up, a huge Con Con, Conspiracy Con. And I know not everybody's into conspiracy. We can name it whatever we want. But again, leveraging all of our audiences just to, just another way to help market promote everybody's stuff. Do not say something here. Go ahead. Yeah, so you can do a lot of good with conventions. I've done a lot of conventions uh, over the last five or six years. I would say that if you go that route, it's very helpful to have materials to sell, like XG was saying. Like, it, if you if you just have like a speaker's fee. And people go and they spend, you know, for travel or whatever, it, it evens out. <laughs> so you got to have a book, you got to have the stuff. Um, I've have done well with a shop on my website. It's a lot of uh, hassle to set up. But like XG said, if you have a shop and you start selling other stuff, uh, you can do really well with that. And always get people, you know, point out, you know, that if you're buying the book from Amazon, you're hurting me. So get the book from me and you get a signed copy. I've done really well with selling books that way. That way people don't go to Amazon. They go to me. So if you, if you push that constantly, it works. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to hop in here. I was going to offer my, uh, whatever expertise I may have. I work a day job so I can put out the show for free. I've been doing that for 13 years. So I, I work as a software developer, work in IT um, I know a little bit about that. So if anybody has any questions or needs or website development questions, I'd be more than happy to help you out. My co-host Joe is a really, really good graphic designer, creative director, um, and he can definitely help out with branding. I'm, I don't want to volunteer you, Joe, but you're a nice guy and you seem to be very willing to help. So we work day jobs so we can goof around uh, and do a podcast and, and have fun and meet like-minded people. And that's all I care Real about quick, is getting uh, stuff out there. If I can just real quick bounce off. Okay, of that. go ahead. Yeah, um, just because Mike brought me up. But yeah, I actually worked for, if you guys are familiar with the Seasteading Institute, uh, they had a little uh, a private group that was uh, called Blue Frontiers. And I set up a lot of their social media. I set up all their podcasts and edited them, created social content, um, a lot of content creation for them, video, motion design, animation, website design. So a lot of that stuff is uh, is in my wheelhouse, and I've always I work for whowhatwhy.org, which is Russ Baker's uh, outfit. It was a volunteer effort. So any of those sor uh, sorts of services, I would encourage anybody who needs some support in that way, feel free to reach out to me. I love doing it. So just putting it out there. I'll, I was going to offer my expertise too because I'm also a graphic designer for oh, a yeah, well, right, yeah. and a photographer too. But yeah, and DIY everything. If anybody ever needs anything, you know. I'm all, I've, I'm, I'm always been just willing to help anybody that wants to do because it's not it's not a competition it's a collaboration yes so yeah anything anybody needs I'm always willing to help just might take a while but <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to jump in and ask like you guys are predominantly on YouTube I'm coming at it from like almost strictly a, a podcast and um, standpoint 
So I put out audio. I do film the shows and put them up for uh, as video options for people to watch, but it's like predominantly consumed as an audio. So is like is it self censorship? That's a that's a kind of a stopping point for you guys. Like that you because it seems that the only reason that you're getting demonetized or getting stopped off YouTube is because of the certain topics that are talked about. So like, could you just not talk about them on those platforms and say if you want to hear more about this, go here or just like extricate yourself from YouTube altogether and put up just clips. Uh, say if you have a tw- 20 minute video, put up a two minute video and go off the rest. You want to watch the rest of this, go on to BitChute. Um, Cause it seems to be the topics like you're already demonetized. YouTube are wasting bandwidth by hosting your videos. So they don't want you anymore. Like it's the beginning of the end. They don't want you to, like I, I do. I do podcasts are fucking seven hours long. No joke. Like, seven hours deep dives like people are fucking coming out panting dehydrated and shit like it's serious right and i put that on youtube it's like 130 gigabytes of an upload file that gets like crushed down 700 or you know whatever that is like 400 minutes of a video it's fucking bananas so youtube do not want me there do you know so like I'm going to put up clips and do what Joe Joe Rogan's plan to do go on Spotify and host the whole thing and just put like teaser clips so can you put like safe stuff on Twitter, Facebook and maintain that public face? Um, a second idea that I, that just came to me is that if we make um, a link tree link or some kind of a multi link, that it's just one link. And it's because you guys are saying that people were going out to your YouTube channels and they were becoming like mysteriously unsubscribed or, you know, that's happened to me on loads of all, I follow all y'all mostly on, on YouTube and it unsubscribes me. So to put a link tree in every single like podcast episode, every single video description and say like, if you want to reach out to other people in the community, click this. And then on the link tree, have it set up by topic or by, um, by author and say like, if you want to get more from, you know, Jamie Deluxe, you want to get more from, uh, uh, Tommy G hit that and it brings you to their website or YouTube channel or subscription tree or whatever. Um, and a third thing then is like Patreon. Is everybody here abhorrent to Patreon or a similar one like Steady or Memberful? Like there's a, a dozen of those now. I know it's kind of like the same as YouTube where you're beholden to their sensibilities. And if you you know, do a Lauren Southern and you go on a boat in the Mediterranean, they'll kick you off. But like they've only kicked off like two people ever uh, very publicly. It was Lauren and, and Sargon and there was fucking uproar about it. So um, is Patreon something that you wouldn't think about doing to monetize uh your shows sorry that's it for me if i can jump in greg carlwood the higher side chats thanks for having me gordon that is a great point it is something that i've tried to do on youtube because i started the show in 2010 and i was demonetized in 2011 i had a thousand bucks in my adsense account is the first thousand bucks i ever made from talking into a microphone and they just took it out and i just knew at that point can't depend on youtube although i do still put the show up there but once i got kind of taken down and put into timeout where I couldn't communicate with anyone. I couldn't upload anything. I then came back and I started putting up a little commercial basically in front of the show that says, Hey, YouTube has already screwed with me. They're going to continue to screw with me. Shows that are particularly hot topics, they're not going to be uploaded here. So if you don't want gaps in the archive that you know of the show you like, then you're going to need to go to my website. And I haven't really exercised that. I kind of just put it up there so that every, anyone knows that at any time we could get removed. And the most recent show I put up is the first one to get removed in a long time. 
And uh, I kind of knew what I was doing when I put pandemic in the title. I, I really thought about putting X's instead of the word. And then I was like, whatever. And, uh, you know, it got taken down, but I didn't get put in timeout or anything. But I do think that's a good idea. Um, I think what I try to do is, yes, I'm on YouTube and it's a great way for new people to find the show, but it's not the way to get the show every week. And I try to put that commercial in there so that it is the least convenient way. It's the least convenient venue to get my show because it has this 45 second ad that I hope you're sick of hearing by now. And it hope, hopefully it coaxes you into listening in some other fashion. But even when I do get removed, like this most recent example, I say, hey, this is just YouTube. This is a small part of the operation. But people still will write me and say, oh, that's a real bummer. I really wanted to see that show. Or I was really excited about that interview. And it's like, you know, it's kind of frustrating to constantly educate people that YouTube is not the central hub for a lot of us have our own websites and a lot of if we don't we should because youtube has shown this cannot be the barrier between you and your own audience but i think putting an ad in there or um you know if something does happen to one of us something i've been trying to do like i'm not really into certain people certain people you know maybe um i don't agree with their premises but they're in this community and if they get demonetized i'm like sure let's do an interview because we should not let anybody get completely boxed out in the dark. Like we should lift them up a little bit and give, dedicate an episode to them if it gets really bad. Like if someone's completely removed for some, from something. And at least that's the only way I can think of to fight the machine. Those are a couple of things. But I like the, the you don't want to have to self-censor as long as you inform your audience that they think you might and that you have your most controversial stuff on the platforms you control. I think that's kind of a wise way to fight that. Before you go, Greg, like you have a whole monetization system for your Higher Side Chats Plus that's like super functional. There's hundreds, if not thousands, don't want don't to blow your dick, like uh, <laughs> uh, people in there. And they're giving you money. The only the only thing that could stop with that is your process, your payment processor, like PayPal or, or, or whoever, Stripe or whoever's doing it. Like they're not stopping everybody. You have to be fucking David Icke or Alex Jones or someone humongous for them to take notice and, and chop you off. Uh, and if they do, it's an, it's a national news story. So you're going to get like big dick energy from the news. If that happens, you're like, everybody on YouTube is going to do a video about you. You're going to, you know, double your audience, at least on other platforms. So how do you make your monetization thing without using Patreon? Well, I started that kind of before there was Patreon and it's basically the same thing. I just control it. And I use Stripe as a payment processor because I think they have the best documentation and you can make the most changes if you have to do a manual edit. I think they're better than PayPal. PayPal has horrible records. You get a couple thousand people you paying you five bucks a month and you want to check a record or something, good luck with PayPal. Uh, and I use MemberPress now, which is, I think is better than the program I started with, which is kind of defunct now. But MemberPress using Stripe, I think it's the best system. As long as Stripe doesn't you know, kick me off, which they don't have a real history of doing that, I should be fine. And my backup plan has always been to go to the payment processors that do porn websites because there are shady places where you're going to pay a little bit more per transaction for them to process that. They're overseas. But you know these places that do online gambling websites or porn, last-ditch effort, you know, get a, hire, a, hire a web guy to plug that in. But 
you need to control the money, I think. And, and AdSense is not the best way to get it. Of course, if you have a video show, it's like, what do you do? I, I, I just happen to not have a video show. So uh, I never got backed into that corner. But I really feel for people who they like that video component. This is really the only platform that does it. I do agree. Patreon doesn't have a, a huge history of messing with people. So maybe that is reliable. But I would say try to build your own Patreon through a website you control. Use MemberPress and use Stripe, and you probably won't have any headaches. Also, Sounds like uh, Greg is trying to get us all on OnlyFans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, all my uh, all my uh, uh, tights picks are on my OnlyFans. For all you guys that want to see me in my yoga pants, go to my OnlyFans right now. No. Um, one thing that Greg said that's uh, absolutely spot on is that when you do get a membership roster, I'll tell you this from one of the problems I had when I got deleted. Be sure and keep a record through uh, – now, MailChimp can drop you. They've dropped people like Stefan Molyneux, other people as well. But if you do use a service like that, keep up with all of the address, the emails of your subscribers so that if your payment processor drops you, you can email all those people and say, hey, you know, follow me back to this new, this new one. But don't ever lose those emails. That's very key. Can we at least acknowledge a small moral victory that the Facebook content moderators have filed a lawsuit against Facebook because they have PTSD from having to watch all of our videos? That is ha, ha, ha. Hey, can I just say something real quick? If anybody needs processing, credit card processing, one of my best friends has his own processing thing and he's all about that action and he's not going to drop you on. He, he loves the outlaw stuff and the gangster stuff. So if anybody needs any kind of credit card processing, just let me know and I'll put you in touch with my buddy. He's, he's really good. And it, like, dude, he takes on everybody. As long as it's legal, he'll do it. He lost me there. Like it's about money at the end of the day. You guys have YouTube channels and you're not making any money because you're demonetized and eventually you're going to get squeezed out because of the content. So why not like consolidate if, if, if people have signed up to come onto Patreon, like I've got like 1,700 people on my Patreon. I think uh, Isaac Weiss helped us here as well. He, he's he got like almost 700. I don't know who else is out. If you're on Patreon, it's f super fucking easy to go like bop and, and slap $2 over to somebody else who's a similar uh, creator, especially if you're getting extra stuff. You're getting little clips on YouTube. If you want to see the full thing, pay for the Patreon. If we all decide to go on there, Patreon can't kick us all off. I know it's back to the same problem of like, you're beholden to a platform. Um, but it's just trying to consolidate everybody into the one place. Is Patreon for monetization or that kind of membership thing, is that apparent to everybody? And if anyone here has a video channel, y'all should have a, a podcast audio version and you can just bop dynamic ads into it uh, and just make money while you sleep. I think that's a really good uh, point to try to consolidate things only because I know me personally, I don't like having a lot of different companies that have access to all my information for my banking stuff. So, I mean, knowing that a lot of us in this community are on the same platform, even though it is kind of being on like YouTube again, it lets people know that, hey, so some of my favorite creators are all using the same platform. I don't have to have a bit shooter. I don't have to have a, a, other type of payment platforms to support them. You know, um, and I know a lot of people 
people want to support us, but if they're having to constantly change, it's like some people use Cash App, some people use Venmo, some people use L, and you know, it's hard to transfer to someone who doesn't want to use the same thing you're using. So maybe if we did kind of all come together and say, hey, this is what we all want to move to to kind of make it easier on our subscribers and fans. Or the ultimate thing would be a conspiracy Netflix type thing, like uh, Gaia. That'd be dope. If I could jump in for a second, yeah, just because I think there's one big elephant in the room on the platform issue, right? We're all going to move to a platform. Well, one thing is there's only three platforms that let you reach people from your phone live, right? So reporting on the ground like Dan Dix or Luke, I think he just left, but the, the type of things that he does, right? Or even myself at times are not available on any of these alt platforms. So even BitChute, you can't go live from your, your place, right? Oh, Luke is here? I don't see you on the on the thing, brother. Um, but anyway, you can't do that kind of on-the-ground journalism. And when you look at the three platforms you can, which are Facebook, Watch, YouTube, or uh, Periscope, a.k.a. Twitter, that's where you can reach tens of thousands, if not millions of people, you know, at a live rally or whatever. And I think that's really important. So the idea that we're just going to migrate and not use the tools in front of us I think is a naive one. And then you go to the censorship aspect, right? Because of words and code words, they never really work out. I mean, we also have to be very cognizant that even pre-COVID-1984, we lived in an era where they were pulling videos of congressmen and senators for saying Erica Caramello Bar's real name, you know, and that's a government hearing inside a government building that everybody should know about. So, uh, again, man, I, I think that the on the ground grassroots stuff, I think a centralization of even a network of an RBN or a, a GCN old school radio network that's a podcast network where we're not beholden to the FCC rules and people can just take our, our videos, you know, with our permission, of course, but mine, mine whenever and make them into a streaming audio loop that go out there. I love the fact that people are getting on Dish or uh, direct TV. I think traditional methods are also really important here because they they may be able to get more people at this point than the uh, the technology methods. Unfortunately, I look at my 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 demographic. I mean, I'm old. I'm 40, sure, but I have so many more people that are in that 35 to 60 bracket than anywhere else. So. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying we need to reach the same people, but we need to reach as many people as possible. And that's why, to me, a migration to another platform is just not a viable answer. When when news moves like that, and it, how long does it take you to shoot a video and then upload it, right? Especially if the bandwidth's not there. It's so much easier to flip that switch on your little phone and shoot in 1080p and show the world. Just my two cents. Yeah, I want to jump in for, for just a couple of things here. So first of all, I run a gambling company and we do millions. So it's it's we have a lot of eyes on us, right? So we use WooCommerce. So I don't know if any of you guys ever used that before, but uh, okay, Red Pill, you have. So WooCommerce is very friendly. Um, it's very known in the gambling world, gambling conspiracy porn. I know we joked about it, but it's really all the same thing, right? Those kind of edge fringe uh, industries. So WooCommerce is one, it's W-O-O. Another thing is, uh, I don't know if anyone has any input on this, but one thing I did prior, not on YouTube, but on SiriusXM. So when I had a show on there, they we weren't even allowed to curse. So I would kind of tease what I was doing on there and then send them to my site. So it kind of goes back to the building of the website for just a few thousand dollars that Jay was talking about earlier. Jay, you might have some input on this. I saw you right in the chat, but 
if you, I haven't started a YouTube channel yet. I'm probably the only one on here that doesn't have one. And the reason why is because I'm assuming with my crazy fucking ass, it'll get pulled down in three seconds. So I've just been avoiding it until I see how this 230 thing goes. And then if this ends up working out well, then, then I'm going to launch and just risk getting black. But I think what you could do on YouTube, at least a model that I'm looking into right now, is start your YouTube show, title your YouTube show safely, talk generically, don't cross any lines, don't even toe the line, don't come near the line, and then move them to your website. So tell them if you want more, I know a lot of people do Patreon, I don't know if that works well with you guys or not, but if you have a website, you are the platform. So I know everyone keeps talking about moving to another platform. You're, you're just going from one overlord to another. And listen, if we all run to BitChute, I guarantee you they'll start attacking BitChute, right? So, but if we are the platform, if we are the network, um, then you have a thing. So have your own little network, have your own little j.com, kate.com, cost you a couple grand, start the YouTube show, do a little bit on there, don't go over the line, don't curse too much, don't play videos. And then when you go to your website, you could pretty much do whatever the hell you want because you're probably not going to have hundreds of thousands of people on there and you're not going to be on the radar. So you keep YouTube happy. You don't need to have a Patreon. Um, you can, that's fine. I don't have one. But you can have a subscription service on your site. Just call it, you know, Kate Gold on the site. And they have a $5 a month, $10 a month that they pay to you on your website through WooCommerce. And that's where they get all the VIP. That's where they get the uncensored. That's where they get the hardcore. So that would just be my two cents on doing that to kind of stay safe on a platform like YouTube. Red Pill and others probably have better input on that than me. And I, I do want to point, I mean, this is a really good opportunity. You mentioned the co kind of a cooperative before and someone mentioned Gaia earlier. And I think it's a really cool idea to have something that's free. However, you can pay um, to have no ads, you have a different ad network or something like that. And then, um, the money is allocated to people based on the viewership of their show on this network. It's, uh, there's a lot of incentive because with all of our audiences combined, you get a whole bunch of people to intermingle with each other's audiences, reach new people. You have a whole network of different creators. And, uh, then you have a show on there and, you know, if people want to watch it, they don't have to pay to watch it. However, there might be some ads. It's like YouTube premium or something like that. And again, it's a cooperative. So you have control over your own shows. No one is going to force you to do anything. And also, I, I want to mention that CRTV a couple years ago did that kind of uh, same thing with a bunch of conservative voices that were uh, basically muzzled on YouTube. And they ended up selling their company for something like uh, $300 million to the blaze. So I mean, and I don't do this for money, but if, if we were able to gain that amount of security uh, in what we were doing, we wouldn't have to be so worried about being censored because we would be, uh, we would be hard to stop, basically. We'd be quote unquote, too big to fail. And I think that would uh, be very helpful in being able to get our messages out to new people. Yeah, I, I think it's important that we don't, even if we did start a website or something, or we propose that idea where you can get our content uncensored, it doesn't mean we don't have our own website. It doesn't mean we don't utilize YouTube and put clips on there. Like, it doesn't mean we have to stop doing any of that. To, for In my opinion, the more places we're at, the better. I mean, I've always been one, my stuff's all open source. I tell people, put it wherever you want. I don't care. I mean, when I started my show, I was a huge fan of James Corbett. I love the way that he did it where he's just like, hey, you want to rip it and just post it on your YouTube channel? Who cares? Like the most important thing is getting this content out. And then you can start a, a, a Patreon page. You can do something like James Corbett where he has a subscriber page and uh, you can subscribe for some extra uh, content or whatnot. But uh, I think it's, you know, we're, we're Obviously, we're not in this because it's a great business decision, you know, to get into alternative media, you know, so making money is a great thing. But 
it's also, I think we all agreed the most important thing is getting this information out there and then getting creative with how to make money afterwards. And if, you know, if the stuff, if we have great content, but nobody's seeing it or nobody can get a hold of it, then what's the point of having great content? So, uh, so if there was a lot of money that was coming in, then there'd be more money to spend on advertising and getting more people to see our content. So, I mean, I think it kind of goes in a circle. It's kind of perpetual, you know? Well, um, if you're not, if you're not demonetized yet, you can still make money off the clips, off the trailers. They still will pay you for that as long as you're not demonetized. Before we, we started uploading all these videos, we were putting the clips and they were paying us for that. So you can still make money off of YouTube. And like you said, just send them back to your website. And guys, I just want to say that yeah, like, some um, of you guys are just doing uh, video shows. Again, somebody said you should do audio. And then you guys should all go on AdvertiseCast. They get everybody, Manscaped, uh, Blue Chew. There's a lot of advertisers that don't care like how risque you are. They just want your viewers. And we've had some sponsors stay with us for years because of how loyal my uh, listeners and my fans and how supportive they are. And that's why I work really hard to get them all that quality content so if you're just doing audio i mean if you're just doing video you're really hurting yourself you should all be doing uh audio and then you should all be trying to get on advertise cast and once you start doing that man uh there's a lot of agencies now that are looking uh for shows to put ads on it's like an arms race right now. So, like, I know a lot of you guys have been doing YouTube for a long time. I come from a comedy world, and we started audio, and we've been doing ads on that. And So when I get demonetized, it doesn't bother me as much because I make most of my money through ads and, you know, and doing live shows like Jeffrey was talking about. So for me, it's just like you guys got to start pulling your audio and putting it out as a, as a podcast. And then I, I think real quick, we should all spend, at least think of like, where would be a fun place for us to all go or something like that? Not that it's our home base, but an idea of how to create our own little thing. And I still think that is the key because if we can get one place where there's enough recognizable names, fans will come there. It just has to look slick and it just has to be easy to do. And once they see all their favorite shows there, they'll start going there all the time. That's just my opinion. So and, I just want to put that out. And I I also, about that podcast advertising, I just want to tell you that there's loads of um, other dynamic ad insertion uh, podcast hosting platforms. Spreaker does it with VoxNest. Uh, Acast does it internally. Um, uh, Spotify has Anchor as their uh, hosting platform. So if you put your podcast up, you just... Uh, in the host thing, you pick a point uh, where the ad will be inserted, just click it and it goes in the same as on YouTube. Um, so you don't even need to get those ad reads from Bluetooth or this episode is brought to you by, you know, um, you just pick the point and they'll put whatever ads on it. Now, there might be like some um, political ads or stuff that you don't really <laughs> want to associate with your content, but you can choose what not to have. Uh, I'm hosted on Spreaker and it's like 40% of the income comes in from dynamic ads. So, like, it's very easy to do when you just rip the audio from your videos. And yeah, uh, I just uh, put up one more time. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say another way. I have another podcast that I do, and it's kind of a lot smaller. The way I do that one with Money Wise or sponsors, I do local sponsors. Like, I'll show them, like, I have a, a big following in Irvine. I'll go up to the, some barber and I'll tell them, like, yo, I got a big following, 300 bucks. 
come on, we'll give you your answer. I'll tell him I got a haircut here. I'll show it off. And then if it works, we can work again. He'll, he'll hit me up and be like, dude, that was great. Some people came over from your podcast. You got a good following here. And then it's just keep it local. Local also helps. And just you're actually helping somebody out, a small business out too as well. XG, you mm-hmm. punk. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say. So the, uh, that's, 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 I know we're talking about stickers, bumper stickers, going on the streets, door to door. I used to sell fucking kitchen knives when I was 18 years old, door to door, right? So you can do anything door to door. But the stickers and bumper stickers are awesome. That stuff's great. I'm, I was a former club promoter and DJ and raver. So like, I love all that. Like the grassroots angle of this is critical to keep this movement real, keep it related to the people. But I was just going to say what XG's saying, where you guys all know what conspiracy theorists do, what they buy, what they look, how they dress. So everyone has local businesses in your area. Like you just said, target the ones that might fit the crowd. You know, look what conspiracy theorists wear. You're not going to go to like Armani Exchange and ask if they want to broadcast on your conspiracy pod. But you might go to the hemp store. You might go to, you know, something along those lines, find something different. The other thing is with the podcast that Sam was talking about. It's pretty easy with our followings to convert them to iTunes and to the podcast. I've been able to say anything I want on there for a long time. And the benefit of it is, you know, when you get your podcast up to, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, 60,000 listeners, if my Twitter disappears today, that 130,000 is gone, right? Like I'm not going to get half of those people back. Look at Tripoli. He had, you know, like 70 and now the tinfoil hat cast. I've shoved it down everyone's throat like every day almost. And it's still only at 15, right? So you're going to, you're going to lose a bunch of them, but the iTunes are still there. He's probably still got 100,000 listening to his iTunes. So you guys need to definitely get on that. And to go back to what he said before on those ad channels, I don't put ads on mine, but I'm in a little bit of a different situation. You can actually have these ad networks if you work a deal with them where they could just backdate your ads. And XG, I think you guys do something like this too. Um, I know this is what you were talking about, conspiracy guys. You can actually have two options. You could do ads on your, you know, if you want, just want a 60-second Bluetooth chew ad that you read, but you can also monetize your prior podcast and they'll just put in whatever they want. So that way your live podcast maybe have no ads or just one ad, but your back ones might have two, three or four. And that motivates people to listen to your pod within the first week so that they can avoid those ads. And then if they do go back and listen, you can get paid on the prior ones and not kind of muddy up your current one with just ad after ad after ad, which no one really wants to hear. But I actually got a jet out of here. I just wanted to throw that in. Um, I got a conference call in a minute. So thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to try to follow as, as many as you as I can if I can find you, but I appreciate you guys having me on. And if I could just Thank throw you, something in, uh, I have to take off too, but um, people get the wrong idea about the ad networks. Uh, most of the advertisers on these ad networks that advertise on YouTube don't have anything against advertising on your videos. It was YouTube as a conglomerate that decided to pull ads from videos. They, they used ISIS videos a few years ago as uh, a reason and excuse and they started pulling out ads on content they deemed uh, inappropriate, whatever that means. So these ad advertisers, even Pepsi and Coke, I'm sure they wouldn't have a problem advertising on their videos if they're part of another ad network that is an AdSense. So just moving away from AdSense, I think, is really important because these people are happy to advertise and get money from your viewers uh, one way or another. Um, and, and finally, I just wanted to point out that all of us here in this um, in this call, if we all just supported each other, um, you know, connected and worked together in some way, some shape or form, it would be absolutely massive for all of us. I mean, every single one of us at the very least has 10,000 or more uh, viewers that don't know the other one of you guys on here, right? And if we all were, you know, working together in one form or another, 
uh, we could actually pass around a lot of viewership and get our information out to new people and kind of crack through this issue that we're having today. Um, I, I really appreciate uh, being uh, on this call and I got to take off, but uh, very uh, it's an honor to be in this massive call with all of you. Hey, thanks sure. guys. Thanks nice. for joining Thank us. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Josh. And then Josh. I would like to just piggyback on that as well. I think if it's it, maybe there's one microsite landing page that we set up that is, you know, the unwanted.com or whatever you want to call it. And it is a listing of all the affiliates. But then to have your own website, if you have an affiliate page where you can bring in and hopefully Mike and, and, and some of the folks who are going to repost this will have links to everybody so we can just easily pick them up and then maybe even do a little design work around them and just have a page that says, Hey, you like this podcast? Here's some other ones you might like. And then maybe we'll lose a listener or two because they'll like your podcast better. But that's what it's all about. It's community. Give me a damn clock really to wipe my face and stuff. Yeah, I do. Because um, the thing is, um, you can treat it almost like a nonprofit website because whatever AdSense is generated by people getting trafficked over there, that can all just be used to go into <clears throat> AdSense to promote that website on its own to get the message out even louder because it's kind of like you have artists that you may listen to and stream their music, but then you have an artist that you actually will buy their merch, you'll buy their records because you want to show support. That's basically how it would be with us. Like we have a network or a, a, a safe place, I guess, where we can share all of our content and all the people can come follow find us but then when they find a show that they like the most that's the one you know they're going to donate and or that's the one they're going to uh, support their patreon but just having a community site that we know that okay adsense is getting generated from that website we can now push that into it even more and just keep growing it like a nonprofit. Can I comment on the uh, nonprofit angle of it? So uh, I'm actually a financial advisor uh, also, which is how I, you know, the main way I make money. And it's, you know, from people getting exposure uh, to me through YouTube, which is, is the revenue model, not actually making money off YouTube. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, I had an idea. Well. I had an idea. Hey, Ernie, you need to mute yourself. But I had an idea where uh, basically if we, if we all created like our own individual uh, like foundations, then that way our patrons could essentially donate money to us and have it be tax deductible on top of everything else. And so using some of the same tools that the system is using, but against them, and that's sort of putting the cart before the horse, because, you know, first we need to be able to get people and create our own revenue models. I love what Sam said about, uh, you know, creating podcasts. I mean, I, truth be told, I only listen to, you know, Sam through, through audio and not, not through video. And so, uh, you know, I, I think it's something that everyone should be doing because it's so easy just to make, turn You're something into a me. podcast. <laughs> no, it's just, no, it's just, it's just, it's just easier, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and also going low tech, I mean, so going out there and having, you know, like Jason was talking about getting the 53 inch TV and going out to the people and, and doing bumper stickers and doing those sort of things and going back to low tech. And I also invited Ernest Hancock uh, on here as well, who he's been sort of spearheading the IPFS movement. And, uh, and he was able to, to make it he's actually coming from his love bus right now. That he's driving across the country to spread vaccine awareness, but he's an OG in the movement, created the Ron Paul revolution logo, helped spark the Ron Paul, uh, you know, you know, launch off. And when it comes and right now, if you want to watch Plandemic, the only version that's never been taken down, is actually his version on IPFS. So I don't know if any, if you want to chime in about, you know, IPFS. The, um, people, the people that, our uh, patrons for a lot of the stuff that we do were a lot of the money behind um, Plandemic, the movie. And uh, they were upset that it was censored so much, it, especially it was popular. Ah, it's popping! It's gone! And um, they knew we had done the IPFS, but uh, they didn't understand its ramifications and why. Because 
we knew that this was coming, that there was right when you needed it, the most Super Bowl time and it's gone. And uh, so what we started a few years ago, Derek Slopey is my IT guy. And he told me, he said, this interplanetary file sharing thing, he goes, this is what you're talking about. Because we did uh, pirateswithoutborders.com and the third letter of Captain Mark and reprisal is first mate, you know, whatever. But the, the third letter was all about this. It was hailing frequencies invisible to the crown. And people would talk about Signal and WhatsApp and all that got bought by Facebook. You know, all this stuff being end-to-end encrypted. And I'm going, yeah, but they know who you're talking to. You give them the phone number. I go, you go into the Pirate Bay and you have the ISR on Lighthouse there watching everybody. They may not know what you're saying, assuming they don't know, but uh, they know who you're saying it to. And then who you talk to then, and then they're mapping out the pirate network. So all these social medias, it doesn't matter whether it's secret or not, and I don't believe it is, but even if it is, they know our network. Like right now on Zoom, they already know that we're here doing this and whatever. When they did Jade Helm a few years ago, a lot of the activists, you know, from the Revolution, they came, oh, man, look there, Jade. I go, and me and my friends, you know, old guys from the libertarian movement were going, uh, you guys got your phones on, right? Well, they know your network. I mean, God, I can't believe what you guys are doing. So my thing was not, I wasn't worried so much about the network as I was about the censorship. When the information, everybody was going to know, they may delay for a few weeks or whatever, but sooner or later, everybody's going to know the truth about various different things. And, um, but uh, I just didn't want the censorship. So what we did is we started, it was a year ago in February. And we turned it on and we did uh, James Corbett's entire site. We did Pirates Without Borders, Freedoms Phoenix. And we started, you know, copying a bunch of other videos and different channels and so on. Well, when pandemic hit, it was a neon flashing example of what we were talking about. What we were talking about is there's going to be something that they're not want. They, they want it delayed when it's the most important time, when it's Super Bowl time, they're going to shut it down. You're not allowed and you can't do it. Well, we demonstrated that, yep, there it is, and it's there forever and always, and bite me. So that's what we were looking for, is the communication that can't go away. The privacy of it is important also, hailing frequencies invisible to the crown. But the main thing is I didn't want them to take it away. And we were we stopped doing Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, and I'd stop emphasizing that other than say, hey, we're here to let you know we're over there in god 10 you know 9 10 11 we just kind of stopped because i could see where it was going if we don't have social media that can't take it down it's if they can they will they sure as heck want to it's not like they got some moral hurdle you know they have to go oh we shouldn't do that that would be wrong no they're man they're messed up in the head they're going to do it so my whole thing has been until we have social media that can't be stopped. I'm not even really that concerned that they know it. It's like Bitcoin. We can see you, yeah, but you couldn't stop the transaction. So that's what we need to be thinking, and that's what we're working on. And we decided in October I could see what was coming. And like before, they go, how did you know? And I'm like, how the hell did you guys not know? Well, I know this crowd, a lot of us, we knew. It just when it hit, it hit. And Corbett and I have been doing a show every week for a long time, for years. And it's like, I'm going, it's 2020, if it's it. So in October, we decided to do this. 
December, we got funding. January, we bought the bus. For last month, we just started the tour yesterday. I take it in tomorrow to get painted and wrapped and logo be at Pork Fest, Fork Fest. And we're going to be chasing 76 degree nighttime weather so I can sleep nice, whatever, you know, throughout the next year. We start in Northern uh, America and we're going down south for the winter and then back up. And the reason is, is to support individuals that are challenging all this mandates for vaccines. And there's two issues. Do I own my body? Is it mine? I don't need forced notions and potions from the crown into me and my kids. And the other thing is, if it pleases the crown, may I occupy my own land? That is one thing. I can occupy the sidewalk in front of City Hall or a police station, and I'm fine. And they can, I can have them power wash my crap into the gutter for me. But if I take that same tent and sleeping bag and put it on my own land out in the desert, you go to jail for not having an occupancy permit. And I'm like, when the hell in America did that happen? So that is what I see as a big thing. I own my body and do I own my land? And the thing is, is that that's what governments were created for is to protect me, not have me locked down, not have me curfewed, not have me, I can't, you'll see it. So what good are they if they're not defending those individual rights? So in a nutshell, that's why we're doing this. That's what we're doing. We're on the road. It's begun. Well, everyone can go to IPFS.io. It's amazingly documented. I actually was taking a look at this a few weeks ago. I wrote Charlie and Ricky and uh, Sam about this as a potential means for uh, distributing content. And I was was looking up there. You got like node clusters and desktop support. Uh, It's a really awesome piece of technology that everyone should look into and start using. Yeah, and there is there any uh, technical questions anybody wants to ask? Because I think Mike and Ernest would uh would be great guys. Oh, he far surpasses me. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, you're assuming hey, I, I got to jump. I'm sorry, I got to jump. Thanks. This was awesome, dude. I enjoyed hearing from everybody. I hope we could do it again soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Take <laughs> care, your, your babies. Bye, guys. See you, the Sam. Te- Thank the you. The technology is really not. Um, I'm not the guy, you know, it's uh, Derek Slopey is the guy that, you know, is my IT guy and he explained it to me and I go, let me get this straight. I can take any file, audio, video, text. I can put it up on our own servers that have an IPFS node. It's kind of like a, you know, blockchain transaction or whatever, you know, an IPFS node. And then anybody that wants it can go get it. And then it replicates on the nearest server to them, uh, uh, cached, copy of that file and then anybody else and it goes you know the fastest ping it goes to another one and another one there's tens of thousands of these nodes well we started taking raspberry pies with a terabyte hard drive on it and raspberry pores uh, fours now or even you know hell they're way better than the others now and we wanted pirate boxes so that for a couple hundred dollars somebody could get you know a terabyte have all preloaded of all of Freedom's Phoenix stuff, Pirates Without Borders, James Corbett, and we take it and they have it, and it's a node, they turn it on, and it's done. And what happens is the more you request a file like Plandemic, the faster it serves it because there's more copies of it. It scales automatically. So this is, to have me do it, I'm like, but Derek already has it done. The next stage, we've been working on this for years, the next stage is search. That has been the problem. And now we have IPFS page 
you know, an index of all of them. Because I remember, I'm old enough to remember in the mid-90s, Yahoo was just a couple of college guys. That, you know, here's the listing of cool stuff. It's cool. And you want to go look at the cool stuff here? Oh, you got a cool page? Well, send us a cool page application and we'll put you on the cool list of being cool. You know, it wasn't these robots and everything like Google did. So now with IPFS, all you have to do is you uh, fill in the format that you have. You know, here's the hash. Here's the metadata for the links. Here's the, here's the, here's the. And uh, you go search that and it's over. When search hits, we've talked to a bunch of guys. You know, Colin Pape at Presearch has started working on this a little bit. And D Derek has it ready. He's just busy. You know, it's just, we're just so, you know, he's got bulldozers and hacker space and 18,000 foot square warehouse of laser cutting. Of, he's like, oh man, that's like work, man. I got other stuff to do. But he's right on the edge of it's done. You go on, you do a search right now. You go to sitepin, sitepins.net, I think it is. And it's already there. You know, this is all done. We've been working on it for years. What we did is demonstrate it because we knew this was coming. That last uh, uh, Anarchapoco in 19, um, you know, Luke and the guys are always, Dan Dick, those guys are all making fun of me. Oh, there's Ernie again. He's going to start drinking your shots because he's going to say IPFS, you know. And uh, But I'm going, yep, you got to start getting demonetized now. You're getting deplatformed. You're going to be taking this seriously. Well, now here we go. So I, it's not necessarily have to be IPFS. It's just we wanted to demonstrate that it could be done. This can be done. It is being done. And I'm just, I, so we're out in, in the wild promoting this kind of stuff because, you know, that's what I do. So I don't know any more than you guys other than that it works and we can get you guys set up. I mean, it's not that hard. It looks amazing. Yeah, I'm going to download this and start uh, toying around with it. Yeah, if the, if, the, if the biggest obstacle you guys have is search, that's, I mean, that's something that I would definitely like to, uh, start taking a look at how do you build a recommendation algorithm around IPFS? Uh, that might be interesting to try to do. And it's all built. In, uh, it's all right there on GitHub. You can take a look at the code. Uh, well, so very interesting stuff. Well, I mean, what else is there? Something else? You know, I mean, I'm I'm all about. See, the problem is with bit shooting. I do three hours a day, Monday through Friday. And uh, for Donna, you know, even when we were at our high speed, whatever, and here in the Love Bus, we often have high-speed internet and we're doing it, but to load three hours of video every day on BitChute or, you know, DTube or, you know, D this or whatever, a library, any, it takes for freaking ever. We've had, you know, conversation, Jeremy Kaufman, we, you know, sit there and talk. We had, we tried float. We're dealing with Kingsley Edwards. We're good. It, it's just, it can't take the bandwidth to load it up. And it serves it well, you know, once it's up there and everything. But, you know, my wife will divorce me if I make her do this all the time, standing there waiting for it to freaking load up all the time. So we need something that's fast, that goes up, that's available. And if they can't serve the user, the content supplier, certainly when you're doing three hours a day, well, hell with them. We'll just do our own pages. And this is what uh, Corbett did. We're not taking, we scraped the YouTubes for like Luke and so on. We scraped all the YouTubes and the YouTubes we have on Freedom's Phoenix. We're 15 years. We have over 400,000 entries, 29,000 videos we scraped. So this is, and I go, we're going to pick this one and this one and this one. I think Luke had, God, man, 6,000 videos or something that we did to save them. And the reason was is because I knew they were going to go away. 
So the Liberty community, we have the answers. And certainly James Corbett was a great example. I'm going, hell yeah, I want century of enslavement. You put in, you know, Federal Reserve, it's the first thing that used to pop up. Now it now it seems like it's starting to come back. And I think they them those, I call them, you know, who are they, you conspiracists? I go, there are those that just want to be left alone and those that just won't leave them alone. That's who they them those are. Well, they them those that won't leave me alone, they are... Uh, censoring this very kind of data. And I think they're starting to see that it's created, it was already there, and the infrastructure for bypassing all of this stuff is ready to go snap into existence. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, we'll keep it up. We'll, you know, I go, yeah, screw them. I don't trust them. You know, it, it's not going to happen. And those that are trying to live by the algorithm, you know, is just going to get be roadkill. So we've been quietly back. I mean, you know, I'm not that quiet, but I'm not big like you guys because I don't focus on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I have all the channels. I got my pen. I got all that stuff, but I could see how they were controlling you. You know, they were getting you to do certain stories and not others. Don't say these words or you'll get penalized. You've got, you know, it's just I like, screw that. That was not what this whole thing was about. You know, so I'm, so I, I can see it's neon flashing example, you know, of what's coming and it's going to get worse. And a lot of things, these uh, social media, they just want to do what they want to do and they want to be all communist or whatever. I don't care. And what they really want is protect themselves from copyright violence. And then you got to get into IP and I don't give a crap about IP. So my thing is if they can maintain, enhance, expand their intrusiveness and control over the individual and benefit them and screw you, they will. And I just need to know, can they? And I, I, I want to give you this before, you know, I, I, I shut up. But the, I, this, is, this is the one thing that I would go to all these different providers. We'd have uh, Amanon from Minds. We'd have, you know, Float and Jeremy and Library and all these guys. You know, I've been following crypto since the beginning. I got my first crypto and it was, I don't know, $3 or something, you know, Bitcoin. What I mean, for all this time, I could see what was coming to decentralization. That's what PiratesWithoutBorders.com is all about. If you go to PiratesWithoutBorders.com, read the letters of Captain Mark, you'll see, you know, that we've been predicting how this is going to play out. My whole thing has been is that we have to decentralize in everything. I'm here at Jay Noons at the Free State Project in Henniker uh, near Manchester. And when this all started, he's a horse trading you know, individual. What did he do? He got 300 pigs, dozens of cows. They're building a slaughterhouse, 40-foot refrigeration truck. The Free State Project is not going to starve because they can't. They, this is a. This is all going to be about food. That's why on the way out here, we're stopping at Harvest Host, you know, RV kind of brewery and golf courses and farms and you know dairy farm. Stopping at a dairy farm. These people are, you know, he went to get. He said, "Farmer's dilemma. I have four thousand hogs that I have to euthanize. Who wants them?" You know, I'll give you a $300 pig or $1,000 pig for 100 bucks. Tyson said, you can't sell them. You must kill them or you'll lose your contract. I'm like, what the hell? So he's got fields he's cleared out here and doing and selling. He had hundreds of hogs and now he's got like 20. And people just keep coming and getting and doing the same thing. They're getting their farm all set up on their little lone prairie of I got a couple of acres. 
So we left a couple of acres and we did aquaponics and chickens and goats and turkeys and all this, that kind of stuff. But we hit the road and I miss my chickens, man. They're easy, you know, but this is going to be a food thing. And I am so worried that we, 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 we had a lot of stuff from H1N1 in nine and 10 when the grandkids go in the attic to help my wife, you know, get stuff ready to move and so on. Uh, they go, what all these hundreds of rolls of toilet paper and six and a half gallons of Purell. I go, well, I didn't even know. I forgot I even had it up there, you know? So I, my wife goes, well, I don't think we need anything. I go, that was the point. You know, this is, so as influencers and you guys here, I, I see the biggest problem is that when you start emphasizing this stuff for people to be ready and it not matter that you have the better quality meat that you have, you know, like pork, it's not the, you know, the other white meat. The reason Jay was telling me it's white is because they're on concrete. They don't get the iron from the soil. So they said it's white because they're anemic. You know, I mean, just, oh my God. You know, this is stuff that they didn't anticipate that people were learning this stuff, that people have alternatives. And what happens is when you guys start talking about this and you're learning about and you're starting to share, that's when they're going to start shutting you down. That's when they're going to demonetize you. That's when they're going to say, no, you're not allowed to talk about that stuff. So I, we, we got to get, and if you guys got something else, get us on something else. And this is my standard, the catapult channel. All these guys, I go to them and I say, hey, man, can I have my catapult channel? Oh, yeah, we got, you know, uh, knives and guns. And I go, no, 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 no. Little furry white baby kittens being catapulted into soil cactuses with spines sticking out their eyeballs. Okay? When you can't take down that video, then I know I'm free. Because the internet is all about freaking cats. Man, there, man, you harm a freaking fake cat, they will come after your ass. So I just want to know when I can have catapult videos and you can't take them down that's when i know i'm free well fair enough ernest hey, thank you for uh for uh chiming in there uh you just gave us a download we'll have to go back <laughs> and try to digest it all uh, i don't know how long everyone has i'm gonna stick around as long as people have something to say i can always open up the phone lines if we have anybody that wants to you know uh, ask questions uh ricky you have anything to say no i i love what ernest said yeah. i mean it, it the good news, he came with energy, which was good because we were like two hours in. The bad news is I never sent him the email telling him we we're trying to limit it to two minutes. But that's fine because everybody else, I think, has been kind of quiet uh, of late. And I think we needed that. We needed that uh, tech a a aspect of it. And also, I think we needed the fact that he actually came with some solutions. And yes. I think that's something that we're all open to. You know, I think the, the common thread with this whole conversation is the fact that we all just care about getting this content out there, it being uncensored, people being able to go down any rabbit hole they want. And when we first got into this, when, when whatever documentary or, or video or whatever gave you that red pill uh, to, to get us down this rabbit hole, that's much harder for, for people today. You know, it's harder for them to get that content. And, uh, you know, so solutions is exactly what we need. Does anybody want to expand on what Ernest said? Or Mike, do you have any questions in regards from uh, the tech? Uh, well, just the it. tech side. I mean, I'm I'm not going to ask any questions. It's just a very interesting technology. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm going to download it and start playing around with it. It's not unlike um, a more expanded and more well refined version of Napster, but you can spin up your own instance and uh, and upload things to it. So it's a uh, fascinating. I'm going to start uh, working with it and promoting. I got a Raspberry Pi sitting here that's just waiting for uh, to, to be worked on. So I'm going to 
see what I can do with it. Um, you know, uh, I, I met Jay Noons here. He wanted to do a two minute thing. You know, uh, he's part of the guys doing all of this food thing. You know, I, I think it'd be interesting to hear. You mind if he gives a couple of minutes? I'm sorry, I didn't know I was limited to two minutes. That was a mistake. Uh, you know, Tim. You know, you should have told me because. <laughs> It's, it's all right. All right. It's all good. I mean, yeah. No, you came in when I think we were kind of just sharing ideas and, and, you know, we, uh, we didn't know what solution was best and we're kind of just sharing solutions. So I think, uh, centralization to everything, go to pirates without borders.com, read the letter. I mean, boom, we've been thinking about this for, I've been doing this for 30 years and I'm telling you, if it doesn't come down to the individual, what's the point? You know, the whole point of government, that's why my show is declare your independence. The purpose of government is defense of individual rights. When it doesn't do that, it's type to alter or abolish it, your right, your duty. Now, I'm in. That was it. And I go, if they're not doing that, and what the hell are they good for? I'm locked in my house. I'm, I am mean, I wasn't. I didn't give a crap. But, you know, the thing is, if they're not protecting me from being locked down, from being forced vaccinated, from me having my guns taken away, from them, what the hell good are they? You know, I'd, I'd say, yo, next. Anyway, uh, Jay, go ahead, man. Just give a two minutes. Well, I'm not on a camera here. But anyways, uh, this is Jay Noon. Can be. And uh, go ahead and put me on. And I've been in agriculture my entire life. Eh, maybe not. And um, well, as you guys as influencers, influencers, what you should be doing, in my opinion, is you should uh, be telling people to, uh, like, make it a point to go meet a local farmer if they're not able to farm and raise themselves, even if they are like literally what I did three months ago, one of my friends is a pig farmer. Yeah. Four months ago, I guess. And I'm like, uh, Hey, the scamdemic's going on. You've been listening to Ernie, you know? Um, and you know, I listen to all these podcasts and, and he listens to a lot of them too. I says, yeah, we got to like, uh, get ready for this. Cause we need to feed a lot of people. So we went on a hunt to, to start buying pigs and we came across a guy with the euthanized deals. So, I got some friends together and we bought a semi-trailer load of piglets, uh, 680 of them, essentially, between all of us. Uh, I ended up with 200 of them. And uh, then I've been selling them literally to everyone here. Uh, $150 if you pay cash, 100 bucks if you pay me in Bitcoin, silver, or bullets. And I have sold about 70 or 80 of these piglets literally in Bitcoin, silver, bullets, and also uh, Utah goldbacks. I don't know if you guys have seen those. Uh, for the $100 price because piglets, just get on Craigslist and see what piglets are worth in your neighborhood. They're probably asking anywhere between like $150 to $200. That is insane. I mean, two years ago, it was uh, to buy a 30-pound piglet uh, was like $15 at some auctions out here or high retail was like $80. Everything's like double the price. Um, I've been scavenging the Northeast for cattle. I'm going to pick up four steers on Monday. Um, I'm sorry, on Wednesday, uh, when I bring uh, some uh, market hogs to the slaughterhouse. Uh, and we are, um, our, our problem is with the processing uh, capacity. In fact, that's everyone's problem. That's Tyson's problem, for example. Um, but, you know, they're controlled and they have an agenda and whatever. I'm not going to get into that. But you need to support your local farmer right now. If, if you're like living in a condo or something or in an apartment, but maybe you got some cash and there's like a guy who's got like a farm stand set up and he's selling like beef that he raises or pork or whatever, um, ask him what he needs on his wish list. Maybe you can buy him some implement to make his life easier. Maybe you can prepay for like a half a cow. I mean, we need to start buying, uh, you know, our food futures uh, directly from the people who are raising the food. Uh, uh, that is going to be very important that you make those relationships now 
and that you guys can tell your audience to go make those relationships with with local small farmers. Maybe you got teenage kids who need something to do or five year olds. Make them go out there and clean clean paddocks and help, you know, castrate piglets and uh, deal with cattle and deal with sheep and lambs and and all that stuff. Whatever it doesn't really matter what it is. Um, you know, protein is is a serious thing. And when there's a protein shortage, you're going to see all the bad shit that you've seen, like in all these countries that have collapsed, like Russia, like, you know, Venezuela, where they're, you know, eating all the dogs and even countries that would have had to eat all that, whatever they could find for years. Uh, Lily Tang, who grew up in China, who's one of my neighbors now, uh, uh, she talks about how they had to hunt rats as kids. And, you know, people in the city could be doing that in the near future. Um, But build good relationships with, with people who produce food and try to help them and learn about it yourself. I mean, it's all very possible. And most of us, Joe Stalatin, um, uh, look up who he is. He's got stuff all over YouTube. Just watch some of his things. I mean, all of us could literally, uh, on just, you know, a couple acres produce a lot of protein with chickens and pigs, especially if you're not too far from an urban area or a, a dense area, you can get a lot of waste food right now. There's a lot of stuff being waste. We're getting pallets of yogurt for free right now. I'm feeding yo- like perfectly good yogurt. I'm dumping it out the piglets every day. And others get, I got a ton of chocolate chips for free, a ton of, ton of peanuts for free. So I almost have no cost into feeding these piglets and, and they're gonna, you know, in six months, each piglet's gonna be about 180 to 200 pounds of meat in a freezer. So just, Keep that in mind. Make some relationships with some local food producers. That's going to be very important to everybody's future. Thanks, Jay. It's green, isn't it? You know, this is already happening. I'm, you know, it was, for me, I knew it was going to be technologically, how are we going to be able to decentralize down to the individual? But it had to happen. And the communication, they'll start shutting down because you're not allowed to have uh, sell food did and you didn't get a permission slip from the crown of, you can't. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, well, you need hailing frequencies invisible to the crown. The big thing is, is we're worried about, you know, our Internet. AT&T is, you know, we have that and Verizon and it's just a drain on the, you know, the surveillance on the, God forbid you have all your computers on. It's like two gig a day just in drainage. I just found this out. I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? You know, how much data, man, you you owe me money, you know? So this has been, so now I'm looking at Starlink. Well, is Elon Musk going to, you know, rat us out to the man, you know, and give on the Mars base gets a, you know, space force landing pad? I mean, I have no idea. You hey, know, this hey is- Ernest, I hate to cut you off, but I got to reel this back in. Uh, we got a lot of people here. I just want to make sure everyone has a chance to speak one final word before we kind of wind this thing down. And I may open up the phone lines, although that may be a mistake. I thank you, Ernest, but we, we're, we're kind of short on time here. Is, uh, yeah, does anybody anybody want to add, uh, you know, to what Ernest said or anything that's been said throughout the night? Any any closing thoughts or, or whatnot, or any questions you might have for somebody else who's on this call? Yeah, I, I've got one real quick. Um, one of the things that we can all do doesn't require any money, doesn't doesn't require anything more than just a little bit of effort. We got to all support each other. I think this maybe goes without saying, but helping each other's shows and spreading the word on so you know, as long as we're still available on social media, we have this connection to one another. We're familiar with each other's work for the most part. 
we cross pollinate our audiences by going on each other's shows and and taking other people's content that you see that you like and retweeting it or putting it out on your on Facebook or wherever. And we all know these are going to go away at some point. So it's not a it's not a long term strategy, but helping each other to grow our audiences. We're not all Sam Tripoli's and James Corbett's out right. here. You know, we don't all have that brand name recognition, but we have uh, a whole lot of people that uh, in this little world, just the people that are even on this call right here, that we can work with, we can help to help each other out. You know, somebody, someone, some people are bigger than others. Some have been doing it longer, have a broader reach. Um, but this, uh, one of the things I noticed when I've been at Anarchapulco the last couple of years is that it, I, I consider that to be sort of like the Super Bowl of the alternative media. A lot of the alternative media showed up there. They're all, you know, it's a great uh, networking opportunity. And we we need to do a little bit more of that. I think this is a great start. Obviously, we can be better. There's, I think most of the people that are on here, I recognize them. I watch their stuff. Um, but still, just our ability to uh, to spread out the audience to some of um to some of the other shows that maybe don't have the reach can be very helpful. And, and, and it doesn't take much. It doesn't, it just requires a little bit of effort. It doesn't cost us anything just to be mindful of sort of, uh, you know, we are all in this, you know, they've been saying that for the last three months, we're all in this together, which we all know is bullshit, but this alternative media situation, this, we really are all in together. So the fact that we can come together, help each other out, uh, promote each other's work, I think will go a long way and it's the right thing to do. I know this is almost over pretty much, but I mean, anyone should leave a comment if they would like for us to all be on a website. If not be on a website, I think we should have one more large Zoom like this, see if what our, what everybody's fans said, if they, we should go to one website or not. But I definitely do think that you guys, we should all team up and do like a live show, a live podcast, maybe a two-day event where it's like, hey, you get three hours of Kate and then you get another two hours of, of Gordo. And it's kind of like, kind of like Acapulco, but obviously not in Mexico. Let's keep it here, but just a mixture of everybody and see what can happen. Sam's been trying to do it in Vegas where he was going to get everybody, do some stand-up. Everyone did their thing. Everyone did their show. And you bring your fans and you pay, like, be a three-day event, pay 200 bucks, and you get to see everybody hang out, interact, buy merch. And, I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, the Red yeah. Bull Expo does it and, and many other events do it. Yeah, sorry, did I cut somebody? No, I was going to add that... People do like to do the live in-person stuff. Um, I don't have that huge of an audience, but I have been able to, in the last year, just through doing like book tours, I've been able to pull pretty good size audiences of at least 50 to 60 people in the different cities that I go to. So um, if, if you have a you know mediocre sized audience like me, you can, you can pull at least 50 to 60 people. So I think if we were in a big center like that, we could, we could have a good, good live crowd. Good point. Um, would it be pertinent for us to maybe get all this stuff down in writing and have kind of like a living document that we can add to stuff that can be implemented, like bl bl blue sky kind of suggestions and then like actionable tasks in something, say, like a Trello board or some kind of a Kanban organizational system if everyone's on Trello. There's stuff like uh, Padlet is another app uh, where you can add and link all of these mind map stuff together. So like all of us that were on this call can add in their knowledge links to websites or services that can be used uh, and we can, you know, share the knowledge and links and have a database that we can all pull from. 
That's also an excellent idea. Yeah, I like that. Anybody else want to want to jump in? Any any final thoughts or opinions or perspectives? I mean, I think that we did, you know, we're kind of doing what I was trying to accomplish, and that's not really come up with a solution, but sh share possible solutions and kind of go from there. And, uh, you know, I think the one thing we keep hearing, which is super important, is support one another, get this information out there as much as possible. Let's find ways to get this information out there. And then you get guys like Tommy G, who's probably, you know, very money savvy. He can uh, find creative ways to, to make money in other ways. But if people want to make money with the content, you know, you can get creative with that too. But we have to get the content out there first, because if people aren't aware that you're doing it, then, you know, you can't put promotions or, or market it or whatever. So, uh, so that's super important. Anybody want to want to add in anything? Uh, Kate? Yeah, great. Kate hasn't spoke, uh, spoken in a while. Cretchen hasn't said anything. Uh, what say you? Well, all of this, can you hear me? All of this is um, way over my head, but I love the idea of everybody working together because our, our reach is super powerful. We all have, I love that we all have different voices. I love that we all talk about different stuff. I think we continue this conversation and we don't really need to commit to anything right now. Let's try a few different things. You know, let's, um, let's you know, just keep the conversation going. This is a great start, I think. And um, I actually have to bail, but I am, I was very honored to be here and listen in on most of this stuff. I'm taking mental notes and I'm learning from all of you. And uh, thank you for having me. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Kate. I really Bye, appreciate guys. your time. Thank you. Bye, Kate. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. And any anybody else want to want to add it? I mean, I'm I'm a big fan, as you guys know. I've been saying it over and over again. James Corbett. That's why I, I made sure he was on the call. Uh, I love the idea of getting the information out there as quickly as possible, let people rip it or whatever and, and share it on any website they want. Um, and, and, but that's not the only way to do it. You know, that's one way that we like to do it, but the, the we should entertain all these things. And like XG said, you know, let's, we can ponder on all these options and all these th things and kind of go from there. I mean, as long as I think our, everybody's biggest concern is as long as nobody's censored and we can get the information out there because that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter what we agree on or what we don't, don't agree on. It's about getting the information out there, uh, you know, and, and everybody should have the right to listen, to listen, to everybody's content and, and watch everybody's content and, uh, and, and enjoy it. So we need to find a way to bypass that and, and get, the information out there and i think working together is a great step in the right direction you know i i think everybody connecting hopefully a lot of people will connect after this podcast you know share emails do swap cast do all, all those type of things and we can continue this conversation with uh you know kind of just just sharing ideas and and, and challenging ideas and and seeing if we can come up with some solutions that people can all agree on and uh we might not all agree on all the solutions but you know, that's kind of the purpose of this is trying to figure that out. Yeah, no, I, I like what you said about uh, Swapcast. I think that's huge for trying to get on other people's audience. Uh, you know, because other thing is there's a lot of people out there who never had a chance to get big because they were, you know, blackballed out of the gates or shadow banned out of the gates, depending on what they were talking about. And then to also, you know, comment on, on Charlie that, yeah, Anarcha Poco is really the... Uh, 
sort of like the Super Bowl of a lot of the alternative media. And there is one coming up next month in Anarcho Vegas, uh, which uh, is not going to have as, as many people at it, but it'll be you know, like, like Dan Dix. Well, Josh Sigerson, if he can get back into the country because he's stuck on in Mexico, but uh, Gia Griffin. So, you know, some of the OGs, uh, Ernest will be there uh, as well. So we do have a lot of the, uh, you know, some people, because right now, I mean, you get a plane ticket to Vegas for nothing. The event's like 20 bucks. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, be a, a cool place to be. And also the founder of a Kingsley Edwards also started a social media uh, sort of like in beta right now called float.app, which Josh was talking about, which, uh, you know, started by, you know, this type of community. And it's really doing a lot of the things, not to say it's the end all be all because, you know, we should really be diversified in a lot of platforms, but I really appreciate, uh, you know, you guys having me here. A lot of you've been big inspirations to me and, and, uh, and thank you. Thanks for coming, Tim. Well, we have so many people to thank my God. Uh, just to thank you everyone for being a part of this. Uh, it's just uh, insane that we can get this many minds uh, in, in the same digital room here. It's uh, been fascinating, and uh, I am humbled. And uh, thanks again, everyone. And and also this show, I'm gonna try to give it to everybody. Post it anywhere you want. Just like I, I was saying, I mean, my show is open source. Post it, share it. I don't care if you have links to my website or not. Just get the conversation out there and uh, and and do that. So feel free. I'll I'll try to contact everybody and give them the links to the audio and maybe even video if they want to post it on YouTube and uh, you know, get this out there and hopefully we'll all reconnect in the near future and, and continue this conversation. Cause I definitely think that it's definitely, we're far from being, uh, you know, coming up with a, a solution, but I, I think the only way we do get there is having these conversations. And there's a lot of people that dropped off that didn't have a chance to say goodbye. Uh, I feel bad about that. Like uh, Greg from higher side chats, he dropped off uh burmis uh so I, I apologize if we couldn't get to everyone because it's just uh, been an a, a amazingly busy show but uh thank you everyone again thank you to mike and Cretched for putting this on doing the technical yeah. aspects of it um we would be you know banging rocks together if it wasn't for you guys so we appreciate your technical savvy and know-how as soon as i process everything i'll send out links and download the video i'll get with ricky and charlie and uh thanks to sam tripoli for kind of quarterbacking this thing, and Ricky for doing the uh, all the uh, the hard work of uh, coordinating this, uh, and the emails, and the emails, yes. You know, before you guys go, I just want to know: is there a um, file download place video that you guys are having good luck with that you can post fast? Have access? I don't even care if it's a big, small, but just takes video downloads, and you can access the file platform or are we just starting to use our own platforms? Um, so like I stream out, so I'll just, I'm streaming out to YouTube and, and Twitch right now. I just download from there. But if I were to upload and download and to send it out to somebody, the quickest way I do it is Dropbox. I, it'd be preferable to do, use something else that's quicker, but that's what I use right now. And anybody else before uh, before we let everybody go? Anybody want to oh, yeah. plug plug their websites, yeah, plug. plug their Twitter, plug yeah, plug guys, plug away. Uh, well, before I, I dip out, uh, just want to kind of say thank you guys all for inviting me. You know, of course, shout out to Sam Tripoli uh, for the invite also as well. Um, but again, you know, let's keep sharing this information. Let's kind of keep the community tight and engaging. We don't got to be an echo chamber, but you know, let's not hide other people's content. And also, you know, keep the keep the listeners engaged. You know, it's not just us talking of them is kind of us engaging with them and a lot of people out there are afraid to have these conversations because they're afraid that they may be rejected by the people that they love the most so you know this should be an open and welcome 
welcoming place for people to give out their, you know, fringe ideas that may not be accepted, you know, but may not even have been discussed, you know, goes without yeah. saying, you know, no racist, you know, bigotry, just outright hateful stuff, you know, come on. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I think what you said was a really important point because it's something that I completely forgot to bring up during the, the podcast was the fact that we don't even have to come up with these solutions ourselves. We have listeners, we have people who do love our content, who might have some great ideas or great ways of helping us. So just putting these conversations out there, them knowing that we're we're, we're kind of uh, exploring ideas and, and, and trying to come up with ways to uh, resolve these these issues of censorship we might get some help from, from some great fans. And you think about everybody that was on this call, Ben Swan, James Corbett, you know, uh, uh, Greg, everybody who's still on now. I mean, you, you combine everybody's platforms and there's thousands and thousands, possibly millions of people who are listening. And there might be a dude out there who's, who has a little free time, who can come up with a great solution or a great way of, of resolving the issues we're, we're discussing. So, uh, you know, I think just having these conversations, even if we're not the ones solving the problem, we have hopefully fans that, that can also help. So engaging with the fans, I think, is, a, is also a great idea. Send this link to Elon. You know that he's red pilled, man, and he he has the he has <laughs> the people and the power behind it. Um, I just want to say thanks to Sam for asking me on, and thanks to you guys for hosting me. Um, like I'm around six or seven years, but I haven't met a lot of you guys. I uh, I stalk you on Instagram. I follow you all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, well I'm I'm blowing up Twitter at the moment, putting up stuff. I'm I'm kind of having my swan song on Facebook and Twitter. I'm I'm after deleting all of my YouTube videos already voluntarily before Christmas. Uh, so I'm kind of extricating myself, but trying to keep some sort of presence like we were talking about earlier on. But it's, um, and I don't even fucking go that hard. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't even talk about Jews or whatever on our <laughs> show. We don't, you know, um, for the people that are going hard, I'd say it's a, it's a lot more difficult. Um, there's offers and stuff coming in for my show um, from different places as well. And when that kind of blossoms and blooms, uh, I, I'll share that information with you guys. But it's great to make acquaintance it's great to touch base and i'm sure uh, you guys all be on the on the show doing swap casts or as guests in the future so thanks for i much. just followed you do i get access to your only fans as well yeah yeah well when all the rest of the lads go off the call we'll just do it on zoom here just Perfect. while i'm while i'm waiting ready <laughs> awesome anybody else want to want to plug and uh Say they're good. Just goodbye. want to apologize for taking. So I didn't know that. It's all right. I, oh, it's all right. It's all right. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just excited to be able to share with you guys. And uh, you know, that, I'll just say good night. Peace, guys. Keep up. Thank the you, Ernest. Appreciate you feel really in. good about all the questions I asked, yeah, anyways, because I thought I was after going off. <laughs> no, Ernest. It was just. It's, it's not your fault. I. I, I Obviously, I was a little concerned about people talking over each other or having enough time for everybody. By the time you came on, I think uh, we're getting to the point where people, you know, we've kind of all set our piece. So it was nice to get your uh, your insight, especially from the technical aspect of it, because you have been doing this for a long time. And a lot of us are more creators. And, you you know, you're kind of uh, know a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and, and really came with some solutions. So I think you really gave. Yeah, uh, no, I, I've been an activist. Exactly. We, my wife and I have been doing this since the late 80s. And I, you know, I, I go on and on and on. That's what my show's about. But the main thing is that I could, we knew this was coming. That's why we had Freedom's Phoenix. The logo is the Phoenix coming out of the ashes of Lady Liberty's torch. It's the rebirth of freedom from Lady Liberty's torch. That logo was like 96. We came up with that. We knew this, what's happening right now was what was coming. 
So we were preparing for that. Well, when that happened, we were technologically because we could was re were ready for this. And that's why I was so excited to explain this to you guys, let you know that there, there is a solution. It's already being done. You know, we did it just to demonstrate it for the past God, year and a half or so, you know, that's a, uh, you know, for a lot of, I, you, you heard my thing. I, I'm just, I, I'm just really grateful that you, I was able to share that there is a solution and that we're out here promoting. That's why my wife and I just, just, we have four kids and 12 grandkids and we just gave everything to them. We put what we really wanted in storage. We got the bus, we pimped out the studio. We have everything in the rock and roll and doing this and to be able to talk to you guys about this. Heck, I didn't even have to take the bus tour now. <laughs> Peace, guys. Thanks for letting me ramble. I appreciate it. Good hey, luck. Thanks. thanks, Ernest. Thanks, Ernest. Till next time. Kill here. <laughs> <laughs> now that no one's here, I can play thanks soundtracks. Thanks for having me, guys. I didn't say anything up until now because this is kind of – I'm new to a lot of this stuff, and I – I was learning a lot from you guys during the whole thing. I appreciate being a part of it. And hopefully next time I will be able to contribute more solutions. You definitely got my creativity stirring with some of the things you guys have been talking about. So thanks a lot for having me here. I enjoyed it. Hey, and plug your website or, or any, anything you want while you're at it. Do what? Say that again. Sorry. You, if you want to plug, plug your, you know, your show <laughs> or, or anything. I do a daily show called It's the Propaganda Report Drive Time News Blast. I do it with Monica. Monica was in here earlier. It's on uh, thepropreport.com. Awesome. Thanks a lot, yeah, so thank you. Thank you. A anybody else? Jay, you, you, uh, fame. Anybody want a red pill? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the Block is Hot podcast. Um, once a week on Wednesdays, YouTube, same thing. All social media, The Block is Hot podcast. And of course, you know, thanks for having me. I want to, I want to grow with you guys and get to know you guys all a bit more. You know, yeah, big time, man. On the show. Thanks for coming on. He's a man. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can wind it down and start playing the outro music here, Ricky. Yeah. Well, I, I, did everybody kind of uh, say their piece or plug whatever they wanted to plug? I mean, if you plug it now, you know you're getting the best fans because it's the people who stuck around for <laughs> two and a half hours. Jay Dyer, you can go to jaysanalysis.com. Uh, I know that off the top of my head. Hey, Jay, did you not? Did my emails go to your spam account or something? Is that why? Because I, a couple people said that they, my emails were going into their spam uh, mail. It could I, be. I, I, uh, he doesn't like. I, well, get, I have a gigantic inbox that I have not gotten. I've had to pay people to like catch up the inbox, so I wasn't trying to avoid anybody. I apologize if I didn't get to it. Oh, I just didn't know because I know I I, uh, I I think I sent you the link via Twitter, and then that's when yeah. you jumped on. So I didn't know if maybe you weren't getting my emails. No, no, it's it's all good. Um, that was my mistake. Actually, I was a little bit late because I Sam thought it was earlier, so I had planned something before this. But that's okay. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm Jay Diary. If you want to follow me, you can just type in my name. I'll come up. But uh, thank you guys very much. I'm honored. And uh, yeah, I do a lot of interviews, a lot of a lot of similar stuff. So anybody wants to come uh, uh, speak to my audience, I have a decent, mediocre-sized audience, but we have a lot of fun. We're we're a community. So any of you guys want to want to hop on, just hit me up on any of the socials. It's Twitter is probably the easiest way to reach me uh, if you if you want to get me there. Um, but yeah, thanks you, thanks so much. Thanks, Jay. Thank you, Jay. And of course, right, people peace. know the conspiracy guys. You want to plug? If you don't, if people don't know the show. Uh, yeah, those conspiracy guys on everything. Uh, 
I mean, we're on fucking everything. Any social, <laughs> any social platform there is, I, I, I have a presence on everything just in case. They're good. They um, do like seven hour shows. Yeah, we go deep dive and uh, a lot of dick jokes. It's kind of a bit of levity. Uh, you know, Jim- good to look good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, turn the frogs gay. No, we, we yeah, we've loads of stuff from from like you know ghosts and ghoulies and and werewolves and kind of crypto cryptozoological stuff into like hard conspiracies and you know Jimmy Savile and pedophiles and the Vatican and a lot of history stuff. It's history and comedy and. Uh, Sure, look at anyone that knows history knows it's all a conspiracy. I'm into all that shit. I love yeah, your man. stuff. Well, yeah. Cool, Thanks, guys. Now I, I will I'll... play the outro music. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh I, I, I didn't. I don't know if Red Pill was there or not, but uh, yeah. Either way, thanks, guys. Ripple Effect Podcast. This was an awesome privilege to have all you guys on, and uh, let's all stay connected and stay in touch and support each other's work. I think uh, that's a step in the right direction in regards to growing this community and uh, and fighting back. Yeah, big time. We'll stay in contact, next time, gentlemen. See you soon. Until next time, thanks everybody. Bye, Thank guys. you. Take care, guys. Have a great night.